everybody. Welcome to our percentile vice. I'm Steve. I'm joined by Emily, John, and Hannah, your regular percentile vice squad. And tonight we are going to play Back Channels, a saltwater gothic horror TTRPG brought to us from our friends at Backwards Games. Yes. This is actually their uh, quick start uh set of rules because in probably August they'll be hitting Kickstarter to develop the whole um, setting and a book and, you know if you're familiar with Backwater wait, wait. there we go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've played that before uh, they've also got Backroads mm -hmm. and now they're coming up with Back Channels mm -hmm. If you're interested in seeing more from them, you can check out www.backwardstabletop.com. If you're listening, I'll have it in the description of this cast. And if you're watching, it's right up there on the screen right now. Oh, integrated. Right. So uh, go check them out. Uh, get on their mailing list. Go to Kickstarter and follow them so that you'll get notified when they kick off their campaign. We're really looking forward to it. Great guys, Asa and Alex over there, do a wonderful job on these things. They're a lot of fun. We're going to try it out. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Welcome to the southeastern corner of the American lands, the Gulf Ward, or what's left of it. When the smoke cleared from the cataclysmic event called The End, major port cities and naval bases had sunk into oblivion, leaving a bevy of small ports along the southeastern seaboard to meet the fishing and shipping needs of a fledgling, re-emerging nation. Since then, the brave and reckless seafarers of the Gulf have faced the horrors of the deep, quickly adapting to the dangers that have emerged in the wake of the end. Mariners who scrape a living in these overwhelmed and unregulated ports have earned themselves a romantic and dangerous swashbuckling reputation among the rest of the American lands. And indeed, the line between sailor and pirate in the Gulf is razor thin, changing day by day. From the gator-filled swamps and the open sea to the coastal low country and the Caribbean islands, the Heartland's bureaucrats hold little sway in the Gulf. Yankee laws were made to be broken, sure as ships were built to be sailed. Grab your freedom by the gills, sailor. It's time we shove off and explore the back channels. Woo! Yeah, some nice bit of writing there. Oh, yeah. Not mine. <laughs> That's, uh, that's Ace and Alex right there. Love that intro. So, oh, yeah. just to give you a little bit of a say, we are currently on a ship, kind of a mid-sized vessel, maybe a frigate. Frigate? Frigate. <laughs> frigate. <laughs> the sails are full as a wind coming from the southwest pushes the boat northward. You can hear the creaking of wood and the fluffing of the sails occasionally. It's around dusk, starting to get dark. The ship's moving northward. There's revelry on board. 
Because far off to the north and a little to the west, the lights of Augustine can be seen. And the crew, which usually numbers between 20 and 30, depending on how many fights they've been in and how long it's been since they've been in port, is anxious to get to Augustine because the ship's hold is full of pirate booty and it'll be time to settle up and make the split. And with deep pockets and lustful thoughts, the crew will be hitting Augustine to drink and carouse, and they are really looking forward to it. So, let's go around the room. Tell me who you are, your name, a little bit about yourself, what people see when they see you, and what put you on this ship. Emily, let's start with you. Okay. Um, so um, I'm playing a character named Atlas. Uh, she is a smuggler by trade. She really enjoys travel. It's her main goal, really. The smuggling is just what keeps her traveling, um, keeps her fed, keeps her in a bed, that kind of thing. Um, it, all from the deck of the boat, if you look out the front, you can see like a black cloak-like jacket slung over like a, a barrel, and then just off the tip, you know, the, the front portion of the boat that kind of juts out, you can see ropes that have been tied to the thing, and hanging from, like, a makeshift swing is Atlas, and she's at the very front of the boat, just, like, sitting there, hanging off the side, just watching. She's really, like, always climbing something, she's always hanging off of something, like, it's really hard to keep two feet on the ground for her, and she's just watching St. Augustine just come up um, and enjoying it, and as she hears things getting more rowdy, she starts to climb back up, grabs her jacket, and heads onto the deck. All right. And and what put Atlas on this particular boat? Well, um, she, like I said, really enjoys travel. And this particular boat, she was able to find some work uh, for the captain, things like that. And, you know, it's been steady to keep her visiting new places. And, um, you know, she had a skill to provide for the boat being able to tuck things away, move things in and out as needed, found good work with the boat. So she's been enjoying her time. As long as they keep her taking to new places, she's on board. Great. All right. The ship, because you wouldn't want to call it a boat. I'm sorry. I did it too. Um, <laughs> to anybody on board, they'd probably fight you. But the ship continues northward. If you were to look at the back of the ship, you'd see that classic age of sail ship's ass you know um rounded and high above the water there's like a little balcony and some windows you know go into the, the captain's quarters and right underneath that on the ship is written the name of the ship sin maria s-i-n maria sin maria john who are you playing and how are you on this ship I know no John, I am Bosom Pucker. I am uh, born on the ship. I live on the ship most of my life. I was taken under the wing of the great captain Cristobal Fuentes. He has been taking care of me for a long time. I have my best friend Drumsticks the Parrot here. Ah, drumsticks, cock! <coughs> And we do all the work on the ship that needs done by the captain and occasionally get a little too much into the rum and sometimes get in a little scrappus. 
but we try to be good people. Well, the rum is flowing tonight, though there are some grumbles about how watered down it's become at this point in the journey, and some talk of what, how great the rum's going to be when the ship sets anchor in the port of Augustine. So, Hannah, who are you? What you doing? Um, I am playing Melanie, also uh, goes by Mel. And she is a storm bearer who just loves to paint in the morning. She's on deck trying to stay out of everyone's way, just painting the waves of the ocean. And at night, she's below deck with a pair of dice, playing to her heart's content or until the coin is gone. Um, She doesn't do it for the coin. It's more of the thrill of playing the game. And the coin is just extra. And um, she is on the ship because of said gambling problem that because she's like, coin, what's coin? I don't care. Just take this. (laughs) Um, She has racked up a lot of debt. And so she just keeps hopping on to the next ship, to the next area. So that she can keep painting and playing games. Great. So the the revelers are they're drinking, laughing. There's some sea shanty rap battles going on. You know, my ass has been at sea so long, the barnacles are attached to my dung. And when we get to Augustine Town, I'm going to drink all that liquor down. And and then some other dude jumps up and he starts uh, trying to beat the other guy. And so uh, how are you guys joining in the revelry, if at all? I think Pucka is currently mending a hole he made earlier in the afternoon and he will be back to the revelry later and when he gets back to the revelry it probably will involve picking another fight and having to fix another hole in the hole gotcha um i keep trying to jump into the conversations but um i find most of my life most people don't pay much attention to me i'm kind of small i'm not very like I'm not, I don't take up a lot of space in the in the universe as it were, and so every time I try to talk to somebody, they kind of just brush me off. And I'm trying to point out the buildings and all the stuff that we can see from St. Augustine. I'm like, oh, and over there, if you go this way, and they're like, shut up, shut up, and like pushing me away, and I just start like just sitting by a thing, just waiting because nobody's listening. <laughs> and, and Mel, are are you engaging in the reveries, um, wallflowering it? How how are you behaving? <laughs> Uh, she's off in the corner with her sketchbook, just like people watching and seeing like the movement of like the collective unit as they're partying and whatnot. And like, oh my God, that would make a perfect little, um, painting. And like, she would sketch it out so she can paint it later. Okay. So as you're looking over at a couple of of folks, you see, um, Atlas, pointing off into the distance and explaining things to other crew members. Um, 
You also see Pucka kind of down on his haunches trying to repair uh, what looks like a bullet hole in the uh, in the side of the ship. And you, as you're trying to capture the setting, but also the movement that is going on into your, your sketch, you notice that the sailor that Atlas was talking to and pointing out buildings in Augustine pipes up and goes, Hey, ain't it time the captain be turning this thing? Because the boat, the ship, the ship, the ship <laughs> has gotten almost perpendicular to Augustine. It's probably about time to start turning into port. So a couple of the other sailors start noticing this, and it's like they send the first mate up to bang on the captain's door, and you bang, Captain, it's time for us to be turning into port. And the muffled sound of the captain, Cristobal Fuentes, comes out and says, Go away and leave me alone. I'll tell you when to turn, and we won't turn a minute before. And the word starts spreading around through the the crew and the more they talk and more they try to figure out what to do the farther past augustine the ship is going and a couple guys run up and like they're about to just grab the the helm themselves and, and turn the boat and a couple of the more loyal officers stopped them and said no it's the captain will tell us when to i'm sure he's got something in mind he knows what he's doing is a good captain and arguments start to break out. Like, There's a lot of booty in that hole. <laughs> You're going to struggle this whole night. <laughs> There's booty. a lot of booty in the hole. <laughs> I want me share and I want a drink. And people start pushing and shoving. Little brawls break out and quickly kind of divides up into two camps. Those that want to do whatever's necessary to get this ship into that port and those that are like, we're, we're going to wait and see what the captain wants to do here. And the bigger of the two groups, as some people kind of move from one group to the other, after a while it becomes apparent that the bigger of the two groups is the pissed off group. Right. And they start moving towards the captain's door with less than honorable intent in their eyes. So Pucka sees what's going on and he is mid-swing and he stops and rolls his eyes and gets up. I suppose I should be fixing this then. And he walks over to get in front of the big group and he pulls out his twenty-two and bangs off a couple shots like pow, pow. Hey, if Cristobal Fuentes wants us to turn, we will turn. Until then, we are going. And whoever has a problem with it, you can jump off now and swim to shore. So uh, give me a persuade roll. Nope. That is no a <laughs> 14, or no, it's at a minus one, so that is a 13. 
Okay, so Pucka's reputation is being somewhat of a... Would you say maybe with the gunfire it might be threatening? I think I could give you some points for for the gunfire, but all these soldiers are used to Pucka getting mad and shooting off his gun, usually landing in wood and never landing in anybody. So they're finding it hard to be too intimidated or persuaded by your action. In fact, the crowd surges forward and pushes you aside and starts banging on the captain's door. And eventually the captain opens the door. And there, the leader that you know, he's got this long red overcoat with gold buttons, this big floppy hat. He cuts quite the figure. And he stands in the doorway and take, assumes an air of command and says, all you men back to your stations and I will tell you when we shall make for the port. Until then, you'll do as you're told. The crowd pushes forward into the captain's quarters as yells are going about. It's time for me share. We've got to get into port. What are you doing, captain? And all hell breaks loose. The, the few of the, soldiers, of the sailors that are, are loyal to him, they're kind of on the outskirts, and they're trying to grab people by the collars and, and bring them back. And big arguments are happening as the captain tries to explain he's got a plan and everybody's going to be taken care of and other folks are, we've already passed Augustine. You've cost us another couple hours before we could get in there. The bars will be closed before we get there. It's just, it's, it's angry. And these folks are already drunk from the revelry because they knew they were going in. And then a shot rings out and a thump is heard. And some of the folks who were just caught up in the, in the mob start to back away. And as you look in and you can see the figure of Cristobal Fuentes laying on the floor of his cabin. Okay. Um, hmm. Pucka is immediately very disturbed by this as Cristobal Fuentes has been basically like his dad for a foreseeable time, and he's going to rush over and immediately start trying to aid him any way you can. Yeah, so I want you to make me a resolve roll. So roll against your current resolve. 18, and my current resolve is 11. Okay. Um, and then I need you to take one point of, one seems a little sly for somebody who just self-professed he was a father figure to you, two points of duress as the reality of the situation just hits you. You can look, but, and you see by the where the blood is spreading from that if he's not dead, he'll be dead before anything can be done for him, so. Two points of resolve. Two points of duress taken away from your resolve. Are there still a bunch of people in the room with him? Uh, there's a lot fewer in the room. A lot kind of <clears throat> stepped outside, uh, backed out of the room when that happened. Um, like 
maybe this went a little further than they thought it would. Um, but inside the room is one of the bigger, more seasoned uh, deckhands. Right. Um, Joseph. Josephus. <laughs> Josephus. Joseph. <laughs> and, and a couple of his cronies. Right. Standing there looking down at the body. And they, there's some hushed words going on between them right now. So I have a really high reflex and a really low build. Um, I would like to try to kind of little system tag myself into the backside of that group. Sneak okay. in there a little bit. Give me a give me a sneak roll, and uh, yeah, I think we're just gonna call it a D, uh, a DG dice goal of twelve. So okay, beat a twelve on a sneak roll. I didn't. I rolled a seven. Well, five plus two, so a seven. All right. So as you start <clears throat> moving up, trying to get closer into the room. Um, one of the folks who are standing outside the door and were part of the angry mob, they're kind of like, if there's a spectrum of Joseph and his henchmen, and then the other guys who are along for the ride and are backing out because somebody's about to get in trouble, guys that are right outside the door, they're in the middle. <laughs> like, well, let's see how this plays out. Right. And, and they kind of see, and one pushes you back and says, get out of the way, Atlas. We got to see how this works out. Okay, then I'm going to run over to Mel. Um, Mel, we have a problem. We have a real big problem. They shot the captain. They they shot the captain? I heard the shot, but it's the captain? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's dead. And Pucka's um, down there, and, you know, Pucka has a bit of a temper. Um, he's already shot his gun like a couple times. I'm sure you saw that, but we probably yeah. need to go. Help Pucka. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And you probably, when you came in, would have heard Pucka just babbling frantically. Oh, me captain. No, 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 no. You're not going to die now. No, no, no. You're not going to die now. And he's just very visibly not himself at the moment. He's not angry yet, but he's right. very emotional right now so joseph and his buddies apparently have come to some conclusion in there and they come walking out joseph standing tall and broad-shouldered barrel-chested and several of his goonies right behind him and he's like right this is my ship now and anybody says any different and he holds up his little flintlock pistol <laughs> Was gonna take it like the captain did. Now you, you and you, get on the sails. You to the rudder. I'll take the helm. We're turning this ship around and we're going to Augustine. And people start running to the places. Everybody that was in <coughs> the angry mob have now seen how this plays plays out, and they're following his directions. The handful of loyal ships officers. It's reduced to just a couple now. Several of them seen the writing on the wall. Probably seen this happen before. And it's like stories don't get told at the losing side, <laughs> right? And they they join in. There, a couple of the other ones are kind of milling around. But the door to the captain's uh, quarters is open. Everybody is left there. It's just the body of the captain lying in in, in the quarters. Well, I'm gonna get Mel to come with me, and we're gonna head down to get Pucka and go inside. 
-hmm. When Pucka hears this speech, he suddenly starts feeling the anger because he realizes that this is probably the person who did this. And the captain is pretty hopeless. And his first instinct is he looks up at where he hears Joseph's voice and he's about to make for him while pulling his cutlass. Okay. So, uh, Mel and Atlas, as you are moving across the deck and going to get Pucka, you see him pulling his cutlass and heading to the short set of stairs that that rise up to the, the I think it's the poop deck, actually, um, that is right over the captain's quarters, but it's where the helm is at, the big ship's wheel. Um, that's what you see him doing. Um, um, I would like to attempt to um, take his cutlass. I want to try to, like, go to walk past him and pull a little, almost like a pickpocket move, you know, where you just kind of slide it out of his hand. Um, I have I have a thing that does a thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so if, tell me a skill you want to use or we're going to call this... Uh, a maneuver, a melee maneuver, for okay. lack of something better to. Would it fall under ledger domain? It could. Then yes, I would like to try to uh, ledger domain his his cutlass. Okay. Um, so what is your reflex score? I'm not going to give you a chance to kind of counter this because she's probably coming from behind you. You're. Right, so it's just going to be straight reflex. My reflex is 14, but hear me out. He is extremely angry and emotional. I would, if I were you, give her something for that. Into my benefit or my... my... In your benefit. Oh, okay. I thought this is him telling me, like, I'm mad. I'm holding onto it really tight. (laughs) So your reflex is a 14. I'm going to give you best of two. Okay. It's essentially like rolling with Eventual. the A word from other systems that, that we, we don't, don't care talk about. about here. Best okay. of two. Um, so a 12 is my best of two. And your reflex is a 14. All right. So you almost get it out of his hands with the last. I, he has a death grip on this thing, you know, where normally somebody holding a sword has learned to use kind of a light grip so you don't tire yourself out. He is, the smoke coming out of his ears is fueling the grip he has on this thing. And what should have been an absolute perfect little swap snatch from him can't break his grasp on it. Mel is going to run up to him and like grab him by his clothes and go hey pucka pucka don't not right now right now they're all on his side we have to wait for a better moment you will get your revenge they nothing but sailors they be on my side after he go down they be on somebody else's side but he does not deserve after what he did to be anything anymore he need to go You're right, but... A small gurgly groan comes from the captain's quarters. When I hear that, I'll probably turn around and go back 
Especially yeah, now you're that not I've that been far stopped. from it because you're about to go up the stairs, right? Stairs on both sides, captain's door in the middle, the deck with the helm right above the captain's quarter. So you were right there. So, so he's gonna slide in like on his knees and start lightly tapping the captain's cheek and saying, "Captain, Captain, you okay?" Mel is gonna rush in beside and start administering first aid. Okay. Same. Okay. Um, so I'll let one of you make a first aid roll with best of two. Okay. So you can decide which one of you guys is going to do it and which one's going to assist. I have a plus two. I have a plus three. Then do it. Twelve. Okay. As you guys uh, kneel down around the captain's form. Uh, with Mel with administering first aid and Atlas beside her giving helpful hints or whatever. Um, as you, you go to apply like a bandage or, or like a wad of cloth or something to the, the bullet wound that is dead center of his chest and you're you're applying pressure but the blood is to, it, it immediately soaks this rag and is still just coming out but it's coming out in in pulses and you realize nothing's going to stop what's about to happen and Paka, as you look down at the captain his his eyes flutter open he says ah Paka. what me captain what Seems I shall die, Sin Maria. Help, help her. Keep her safe. Get her safe. Are you talking about the boat or some lady in port? So you know that the name of the boat is Sin Maria. Um, Atlas, would you please make me a language roll against your Spanish language? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, 12. That's with your bonus? My minus one, yeah. Something about the way the captain said, I'm going to die, Sin Maria. He didn't say, I'm going to die on Sin Maria. He said, I'm going to die, Sin Maria. And it just, like, hit you in the head. Why did you never make this connection before? And you realize he just slipped back into Spanish. And what he said was, I'm going to die without Maria. Sin Maria being Spanish for without Maria. Was I not supposed to put that together? Okay. No, you're, no, you're good. Okay. Um, John just knows actual Spanish. <laughs> I, I would imagine with Pucka, like Cristobal Fuentes was a second or a first father, really, like an adopted father figure. So he probably heard him get into Spanish quite a bit and would be able to pick up on certain things. Listening to this conversation, Mel, you probably thought the captain was telling Pucka to save the ship. Um, Pucka and Atlas realized that the captain was asking Pucka to save a person named Maria. Would Pucka know anything about this person named Maria? Uh, give me... A bonding role. Um, 
Do you have anything? I don't want to do luck. Just uh, give me a deduce. All right. Sorry, Pucka. It's okay. low for you, isn't it? Oh, it's negative two. <laughs> Pucka, no nothing. Eight. Yeah, it it's, feels like with all the time you spent with him that you should be able to make a connection, but you haven't heard him talk about some woman named Maria. And you think, well, if Maria was in Augustine, he would have turned. So. Does the captain wear a wedding band? He does not. Does he have a tan for one? No. Okay. Appreciate it. That's pretty good. <laughs> Even my pale self got a little tan from my wedding ring. <laughs> you can feel the ship starting to list to one side as you hear the groaning of the masts as the sails are swung around. The The rudder has, you know, been jogged hard by the helm's wheel. And, uh, but this ship is, you know, it's not going to turn on a dime. But you can tell that it has leaned to the left so that it is probably entering into a turn to turn back southwards towards Augustine. There's a lot of commotion going on out of the deck. Uh, none of it seems to be uh, conflict-related. Like, the hierarchy has been reestablished and nobody's taken this moment to... Say, hey, Joseph, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> right, they're just doing what they're told. The door to the cabin is open. The the captain is there. Back wall, big glassed wall with a couple like French doors that lead out onto a balcony. He's got a big map table slash desk on the sides. There are his some of his personal belongings um, sitting in the room. Is he still conscious? Yeah, he's fading fast. Um, okay, well, I'm going to ask him in Spanish, like, where is Maria? Donde es Maria? Donde es Maria? Donde esta Maria? I Googled it right there. Nice. <laughs> I don't speak any Spanish. I took French like a dumbass. Okay, um, give me a luck roll. What did I pick? What type of dice will you use with that? Um, I will use a percentile dice. Yeah. And what uh, what luck value did you choose? I chose odd. I okay. always choose odd because I feel like I'm an odd person. <laughs> I just feel like I need to. 87, so odd. So you got the luck. I did. Okay. So you got him before he was gone. Your question was, donde? Esta Maria. Right. Um Go to the way across. And he dies. The way across. When he passes, anyone in the room can see a single tear flow down Pucka's cheek. And then you see his grip on his cutlass firm up. And he stands up and he starts with purpose, headed towards the door. And he gets up the stairs, and as soon as he hits the door, he stops. And there's a look of consternation, and he just punches the door jam and puts his cutlass back in the sheath because he knows 
There was something his adopted father wished for that's more important right now. And he turns around and says, So, where are we going? I, I mean, I guess a way cross. Um, do I, you know, having been from the Gulf, I'm... That's my, my back story with the area. Do I know anything about a way cross? Does that sound familiar? The way across. The, oh, I thought you said way cross. Like, the way across. The way across. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything in lore? Um, urban. Uh, give, me, give me an urban. And I think I'm going to give you best of two on this because it is... Uh, of your travels and all the maps. My maps. Okay. A seven. That was your best that of two? That was my best of two. Okay. You're certain you've heard of a small town that is referred to as the way across. But for the life of you, you can't remember where. It was. Okay. Paka, I know that there's a town called Way Across, but I I cannot remember where it was. Does anybody have a map? There is the captain's map table <laughs> sitting right there. Um, there are other options in the room. <laughs> well, we headed that way, and there's map over there we could look at so let me ask you a question is you have you come back from the door um did you close the door did you leave the door open i'm trying to get a feel for what this scene looks like i imagine when he stopped and punched the door he would have shut the door and turned around before he said where are we going to not a attract any attention Fair. and took a step in so that it wasn't like awkward across the room talking. Great. It's possible to lock the door. So if you wanted to do that, you could. Sometimes the he captain demand, demands his privacy. So I'll lock the door. Okay. All right. You All guys right. are alone in the captain's quarters. Okay. The bustle of activity and the I'm not going to say the walking is hard because you guys have been on board ship long enough, but you're now having to kind of do that sailor's tilt. Right. Because the floor is banked to probably about 30 degrees. Okay, well, I'm going to head over to the map and try to see if I can see anything that jogs my memory of way across. Okay. Um, so you can suggest to me a skill that you'd like to use. Or I'll default to, I think, research. Or there's some lower nature that uh, some people have. You could maybe use that. I could even be talked into a survival. I could see how that would play into map I was going to well. say survive or assess. Because taking in minute details on a very quick amount of time is a smuggler's trade. Yep. So I would do survive or assess either one. Okay. Um, they're the same for me. It's plus two either way. Do assess them. Okay. I think it's a better fit. Than Assessing. Assessing the situation. A 15. Okay. I did a thing. Yay, me. 
Yeah, so the assess skill says discerning lies, evaluating an object or structure, tracking time, sensing magical properties. Um, so this kind of falls under the evaluating an object mm -hmm. or, or structure. So right there, top of about five different maps that are big, huge ones that are curling on the edges like normally they're they're rolled up and there's like an inkwell holding one side down and maybe a, a a dagger holding the other side down but um the the map that is front and center is shows the east coast of the the panhandle uh not the panhandle the, the peninsula uh, and dead center of that is augustine uh, the biggest most important town in this area uh, and uh, as you look at that and you take into account what pucka was just telling you about well the boss was taking the boat that way you look a little north and on a very jagged uh coastline that uh dips in more the farther north you go like somehow in the end big chunks of that were taken out. There is a small town noted, and the words above it say, the way across. Uh, other things you'll notice is you know, a, a little north of there, <coughs> there's a um, line that kind of shows that north of that is the, the heartlands. Um, there's... Uh, the, uh, a large river north of that, um, but a lot of destruction along this coastline. And if you look a little to the west of Waycross, the way across, you'll uh, see some squiggly lines, trees drawn on the thing, um, and the notation of the. Let me not get this wrong. Can I just say how cool it is? Please. Like, way across, way across. Yeah. Um, it just tickles me. So there's some, you know, like watery, swiggly lines and reeds drawn on this little patch. And, and it, above it, it says, Old Key of, Old Key Fin of Oaks Swamp. Old Key of Fin Oaks. Um, when I see Old Key Fin of Oaks, when I see Old Key Fin of Oaks, um, there's a little light bulb. I'm like that's where I know way across, and I'm gonna like lift up the back of my shirt, and be like, Mel, look at my shoulder blade. <laughs> and there's gonna be like a little, not too predictable, but you know, a little piece of a map that is, you know, it's got the way across, and it's got you know um, a couple different other places around it. But like I'm like, I always forget about. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, yeah, so way across, it's not that far inland from, from St. Augustine, so we could... It's actually on the coast, but north. Right. Yep. Um, I'm sorry. Modern okay. day information is right. <laughs> really screwy. Yeah. Before the end, it was not on the coast. Correct. <laughs> on the coast was something like, uh, I forget the name of it now. Brunswick. But, well, there's a naval station. In uh, Jacksonville or? Uh, in In Georgia. The and I'll remember the name of it right Eventually. after it doesn't matter anymore, but there's a nuclear sub uh, naval base mm. down there. 
just above the Florida line. It's just so hard because like we. But it was apparently gone after the end. Gone. It's just so hard with my present day knowledge of Waycross, Georgia. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, the it's not that far. We could we could go there if that's where he was headed. Um, but you know I don't know how we're gonna find just a a Maria. Just any old Maria. Uh, While they're doing that, can I search the captain's pockets, pockets. of his overcoat? Uh, absolutely. Um, give me a search roll. <laughs> I had to look and see if that was a skill. It is. Sure enough. Sure enough. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Um, you reach into the pockets of his overcoat, and <clears throat> in one you find uh, like a pipe, and you're kind of resigned to the fact that there's nothing much of interest in here. And as you're pulling your hand out, you feel something that's not in the pocket, but kind of in the lining of the coat. And as you feel around it, um, feels kind of like a key. Okay, I'm gonna pull out my knife and go ahead and like cut open the seam to get to the knife the key okay so you have a key it's pretty basic in nature um not big enough to be like the key to this door it looks more like the key that would open a box do i see her get this key yes do i recognize i'm sorry were you trying to hide that hannah no okay so yes you see her. Do I possibly re recognize this key? You do. Oh. Mel, where'd you get that? It was in the captain's coat, like sewn in. Yeah, and Who I'm gonna reach. Um, I know what this key goes to. Um, I don't know where it is though, and I'm gonna start looking around to see a if I see the box that I gave the captain. So there are some really shallow uh, counters along the sides of this cabin, shallow just because space is a premium on ships, right? Yeah. Where um, a few things are, are laid about. Um, but there are some cabinet doors above and below. O on the shelves itself, it's like a sextant. There's a compass over here, those kind of things. Um, but you do not see the box that you're looking for out on the show. Pucka sees you looking and he says, maybe he keeps it under the bed with the naughty magazines. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, it's going to be like a, a pistol box almost. Um, you know, not, not too big, but um, yeah, if you can find it, that's what this key goes to. <sighs> Pucka's going to move over and lift up the cot. Okay, so is everybody going to start searching the room for... For this thing, um, first of all, give me a luck roll on, on the cot just because you want to have bush steak, bush steaks, <laughs> dirty magazines. 40 even, my luck is even. Yeah, there are in fact dirty magazines underneath the cot, but no box. I'm gonna look around in the room, and when I notice nobody is looking at me. One of them in particular is going to get rolled up and put in my jacket and pat it down and look around and make sure nobody seen. Not here, boss. 
Yeah, in the few seconds that you had, you, there was some writing on the cover that looked foreign to you. Um, nice picture of a scantily clad person uh, on the front, but uh, it looked like like the old writing. Roll for a look if it was a woman or not. <laughs> well, no. well, it depends on what Paco wants it to be. No, it depends on what the captain wanted it to be. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, so, so anybody that would like to begin searching the captain's quarters, please give me <coughs> a search roll. I rolled a dirty 20. I rolled a dirty 20. No, I rolled the dirt. I nine. Wait. Yes. Twenty. Did I need to roll for that too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I rolled the other a regular was just a twenty. Luck roll to see if there was bush steak, uh, beef steak. I rolled a regular peeled. twenty. Like a nat twenty. Okay. Just twenties cross the board. <laughs> All right, so uh, Mel and Atlas, you guys find yourself on one side of the room, opening up cupboards, cabinets below, and uh, eventually you find the the pistol box um, that you gave the captain, Atlas. Uh, it is it's carved, but nothing that would be considered intricate or like of a huge value. It's supposed but, to be inconspicuous. It is utilitarian, mm -hmm. um, but it's got a little bit of uh, design on it. Um, and, and so you find that. You're on the other side of the room, and as you're searching through things, um, you find a small journal tucked away in a really inconspicuous spot, like behind this, under that, tucked between... Uh, spar in the outer bar, uh, outer bo boards of the boat, the ship. So I'll start thumbing through the pages of the journal. Is it in a language I can read? Yeah, it's in Gulf dialect. There's probably some smattering of Spanish words in there where they have better captured what he was trying to say, but it appears to be a personal journal. Is there a period in time where I know that we were in port at the way across? I don't think uh, the captain and you and this ship have ever been to the way across. Um, you see your recent travels south down to the Keys where he recounts how you guys um, able to overtake a ship as it was pulling into one of the Key Islands. Um determined that the uh, besides you know defeating the ship taking all of its goods but that the captain there was was uh, hitting this particular island because it was kind of a home base for him and how you guys the whole crew got up and had found his big stash of loot and that is what has filled the hold of this ship and has gotten all of these sailors so excited about getting into port <laughs> because it's a pretty good haul um, pages right after that um, he makes note of I, I've, I finally found it I, I believe this is the, the artifact of the old ones that, that is going to help me save Maria 
I've got to get back to the to the swamp. The 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 crew's not gonna like it. I'll just go as far as I can before they do what I know they're gonna do uh, and take the ship. And when they go to take it, I'll uh, I'll slide into my dinghy and make the rest of the trip by myself. Hi, Miss Wabble. Look here, I found a journal, and I believe I know what we needs to do. Oh, great, we found the box. And I'm going to open the box. and. So you open the box, it's kind of lined <coughs> with a really cheap red velvet, and there is a depression slash cutout that would hold a pistol. There is no pistol in it. Okay. Um, but I know where the keyhole is or does the box go to the key? Open, open the box. box. Okay. So then I'm going to um, kind of take a knife and pry out the bottom layer, exposing the little hidey hole, tuck away spot that uh, is in that box. Okay. So, Belle, you see Atlas just open up the box. Doesn't seem surprised that it's empty. Immediately pop out her knife and pry open, pry up the bottom of this box to reveal a, a small, thin, hidden chamber underneath it. How did you know that was there? Oh, because it's, I gave the captain the box. He asked for something that he could hide something in and he wanted it to not be conspicuous and like fit in with the decor and there was all this stuff and I found him this box and so I gave him that key and this box and yeah, um, I don't know what he kept in it, but I guess we can look now. Yeah. What's in the box? Okay, What's so the on box? the bottom of the box, you see... An object that is completely foreign to you. You don't know what it is. It's rectangular in shape, maybe two inches wide by three inches long. In the center of it, on one side, maybe offset a little towards the top, is this round like wheel in the middle of it. And coming off the top of it is this weird white wire that ends and splits into two, like, little nubs on the other end. Do I recognize this box? Um, you believe you do. Um, when last you saw it, it was being held quite tightly by somebody, so... I think I saw the captain with this. And I'm going to, like, hesitantly go to scoop it up, like, like anticipating at any moment that it's going to, like, scream at me when I go to pick it up. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you pick it up and everything seems to be okay. What is it? Huh. And she's going to, like, uh, flick it to try and get it to activate. All right, so as you flick it, move your hands across it, your thumb kind of uh, hits that round circular thing slightly mm -hmm. offset on the face of it. And all of a sudden, you can hear, but kind of muffled, a sound that seems to be coming out of the, the split end of the white wires. Huh. 
What is it? It, it like, it, it plays music or something. I saw the captain holding it earlier. Like, here, listen. And I'm like going to like hold it closer to her ear. So as she gets it closer to you, you can tell that the sound's not really coming out of the box itself, but the white wire that comes out of the top of the box that, that goes for a foot or so and then splits into two little nub ends. It seems to be, the sound seems to be coming from those nub ends. And if you grab one and hold it up to you, you, you can hear this. Is that a song? Is that music? But it's a style that you've never heard before but there's a certain rhythm and and melody to it but extremely odd i i mean yeah it i is it music or is it like noise i mean everywhere has its music i'm sure someone listened to it maybe Did under it- duress yeah, I don't know. The, the journal said this was one of the old ones stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, Maybe I they listened to it. It's a good thing they're gone. Yeah. Anyway, so is this something that's supposed to help somebody named Maria? It says in the journal that he thought it would save her. I don't know why. I don't know how, but it also says she in the swamp. And he was going to go as far as he could until they tried to take the boat. And then he'd take the dinghy and go on his own. So I guess that means that we're on the, the leg of the journey that involves the dinghy, because they've already taken the boat. Yeah. Well, um... Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to stick around for uh, whatever it, these people are going to be doing. Um, I say we go to the swamp. That's what yeah. we need to do. That's what I need to do, at least. If you come with me, I'd be very grateful. Oh, I'll go just about anywhere, Buck. I've already been to St. Augustine. Go back to the swamp. I don't have anything better to do. Let's go. So how do we get the dinghy? Oh. I got just the plan. And before he walks out, he's going to take two coins and he's going to put on the captain's eyes and he's going to remove his hat and put on his chest and put his arms over his hat. And he's going to say, I wonder if we could... Give him a burial at sea before we go. Maybe we go, we talk to idiot Joseph, ask if we take the dinghy, give him a nice burial at sea. Yeah, I think, you know, isn't there like a bad omen about not letting, you know, putting the dead to rest? Couldn't we, I think we could convince him to go ahead and get the kip and out of, out of there and on the dinghy. That's a good plan. It's a real good plan, actually. It's weird, but I'm pleased with you, Paka. I'm not always stupid, Paka. <laughs> not like his mom. She was stupid mother, Paka. <laughs> Sorry. 
You can cut that. You I will not. not. <laughs> that That's going to be on TikTok. <laughs> the whole reason he picked that stupid name. <laughs> All right. So you can hear milling about uh, out and mostly above you because that's where the poop deck is, right above you. So the stomping of feet. Um, yeah, so. So I. Captain's on the floor. You've got the map table. You've searched his belongings. There's the glass doors behind you, the cabin door in front of you. Tell me where you guys are at and what you're doing. So anything useful in here I would like to take, especially for like navigation purposes that somebody doesn't already have. You may already have. Oh, I'm taking the maps. All of them? If I can. Okay, yeah, well, they'll all roll up together, so... um... Do you yeah. already have like a sextant and navigation tools? I don't, but I could take them if you'd like. I think we should, probably should. Okay. Okay. Um, the captain had his own cutlass and a revolver that he never got to draw. It's a weird mi- mismatch, mix match. It's a it's an array of different weapons that you find on this boat, right? Most of the crew members just have the standard cutlass or dagger. Occasionally, one of them's got a firearm. Uh, and the firearms range from an old flintlock-like pistol you'd see in a pirate movie to a Beretta 9mm that somebody dug up somewhere. You know, so. Uh, but most of them are piecemealed from pieces of things that folks found together so a lot of kind of uh like a pipe and a handle yep improvised how is his pistol is it notable or is it just kind of it's kind of it's just a standard pistol what about his cutlass um yeah i'd say it's probably better quality than your standard cutlass I would like to take his scabbard and cutlass, and okay. I'll put it around my belt. Three okay. swords. Two. But you already had a cutlass. I have one cutlass. Okay. Did you say three swords? Yeah, I thought you had three swords. No, I have a cutlass. Okay. Well, now I have two cutlasses. Cutlass. Cutlass. We'll name the uh, dinghy Oldsmobile. Oh, God. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a cutlass vehicle joke, and I cut, and you beat me to it. I'm uh, heartened by the fact that it wasn't that good of a joke that you came up with before me. <laughs> right. Like, if you're going to do it, do it at least well. <laughs> I mean, you beat me, but... <laughs> the lack of quality is indicative of the speed. Right. <laughs> you can have a fast or you can have a good. Now both. <laughs> kind of like an Oldsmobile cutlass. <laughs> Now you're cooking. Now we're getting there. Um, that was a supreme joker. <laughs> God damn it. Mark eight. That okay. didn't work. Mark of eight. All right. So tell me the plan. Tell me what you're doing. And do it. So if we were like doing this montage style... The montage would be Pucka is planning on walking up to Joseph 
asking permission. To do what exactly? To take the dinghy, the dinghy, <laughs> put the captain on it, row out a little ways into deeper waters, drop the captain, and meet back up at Augustine. Um, sure, uh, and were you going to make the pitch you talked about earlier about bad omen, bad, bad juju, if you, you don't give proper burial to folks, that kind of thing? That will probably be mentioned. Okay, um. Then, yeah, make me a persuade roll, best of two, and I am lowering the DC, I'm sorry, the DG, the dice goal, on this. Because you're playing into the fears of sailors. Right. Um, so, it's, um, I can tell you the standard is just a regular old thing, DG is like 12. Um, so, I won't tell you exactly what this goal is, but. So my persuade is negative one on the skill, plus two for charisma, so a plus one, and I rolled a natural 20. Nice. Okay. Um, so when you get up there and you start talking to Joseph, you see his eyes dart down to the captain's cutlass on your belt. Like he's about to think, that ought to be my spoils of war. But then as you start talking about taking care of the captain's body and, you know, the the superstitious nature of not taking care of the dead and all that, it it he decides he wants nothing to do with any of that and immediately grants you permission. There are probably four dinghies that um, are available for this boat for, you know, landing parties kind of thing and he gives you permission to to take one and go do a, a burial at sea for the, the captain all right i'd just like to believe that like joseph like you you spin some story about like this bad omen but joseph is just like there's so many bad omens of being a, a pirate at sea that he doesn't actually know all of them and so he's just like well i don't want to i don't I don't know, but like shit. I think in true Pucka fashion, at some point in there, he's like, and plus it gives me a nice morning period where I don't try to come up and kill you in your sleep. Did you say that out loud? Probably. <laughs> but it's like... He looks down at scrawny little Pucka and laughs. <laughs> and then he starts barking orders for folks to to trim the sails and to uh, take a, a steady course to level out the ship. So he's slowing down so that you can launch. He wants that body off of this because he's also now thinking he doesn't want the dead captain's body on the boat when they get to port because there could be answers <laughs> he would have to give. So he is all for it and is the boat comes, the ship comes to uh, Snail's Place. You'll remember that the wind was blowing from the southwest. The ship has turned to the south to get back to Augustine. So they're having to tack. You know, they have 
because you can't go straight into the wind, but you can go just a little off the wind and actually catch some where it appears like you're going into it and doing this zigzag pattern of called tacking, you can move forward. So it's going to take him a while, but he stops it and slows down so that you guys can load the captain's body onto the dinghy. Okay. As we are about to lower, is there something shitty I could do on our way out, like cutting a rope to a sail that's going to take him a long time to fix before we drop, but he wouldn't be able to reach us, so... Um. Yeah, you you know enough about this ship, having been on it, that you know that uh, when they trim the sails and slow down, they've got to tie off the uh, the the. I think it's called a spar, the the cross bar that holds the bottom of the sail. They have to tie it off, um, so that the wind doesn't whip it around. Uh, and you know that if you if you were to cut that rope just right, then they would have to manually hold that sail in position because there wasn't enough rope to tie it into the right spot. It would slow them down. Not going to stop them. This thing's got like two masts. But yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I definitely will. All right, I'm going to need a skill check for that. Um, I'll let you make an argument. I'm thinking things like sneak, maybe even stunt. I think he is pretty much going to be on his way there, just like sweep the rope and then in one fluid motion leap off into the boat and drop it. Okay, so you guys have loaded the captain into yes. the boat. Mel and Atlas are in the boat. Yes. And as you're about to do the launch the boat thing, you take that opportunity to screw who sees you. Yeah. Slash the uh, the line that holds the mainsail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, give me a melee attack roll against the rope. Not a stunt? Okay. Do a stunt. Okay. It's going to get cut. <laughs> Just how cool you get to be doing it. So I rolled a 16 plus 6 plus 2. So 24. Can I ask you, did you use your cutlass or the captain's cutlass? I would have used the captain's cutlass. Uh, you immediately notice how much sharper an edge his cutlass holds than yours because it was like going through butter. And this is this is a rope that's probably at least an inch in diameter. Diameter, yeah. Um, but just slices right through it. The, the rope goes flapping up in the air. The sail then kind of shifts a little bit, which causes the wind to catch it, and it spins around, knocks a couple of sailors <laughs> down onto their asses. Uh, people start screaming. You hear uh, Joseph yelling, get that son of a bitch. And the dinghy splashes down into the water after about a 10-foot drop. And Pucka immediately starts rowing like a crazed man trying to get the fuck out of there. Okay. Uh, make a vigilance roll, all of you. 17. 17. Six. Okay. Um, Atlas 
you're just busy looking around the boat. Ready to uh, go. Some water got sloshed in when it splashed you down. As you look down to see how much water might have gotten sloshed, and you see Parker grab the oars real quick, you notice that... I'm guessing it's given your class, you've probably been on one of these before. You notice that this is... Well, brilliant choice by Pucka, because this is one of only two of the dinghies that actually has a small mast and sail that can be erected and so it can or can row or or be so sailed. Two of them are straight rowing boats, and two of them have these little sails if there's longer journeys that have to go. Um, the two of you that rolled 17s, you hear from, you know, 15 or 20 feet above you, Joseph say, ah, oh, screw it, let him go. That's, uh, that's three less ways to cut those spoils. And you hear the, the crowd of sailors cheer because their take just got bigger. So you know from that that Joseph's not planning on waiting for you to come back from Taking care of the captain's body. Okay. There is a lot of movement going on up there. They're trying to get another rope reattached. They've probably got an hour's worth of work to restring the lines for the for the mainsail. Well, I'll work on getting our sail erected and directed. <clears throat> When I rolled my six and you were like, you look down and you notice I swore up and down you were going to say that the captain is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Did I leave that part out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a dead body. Holy shit. Of this boat. Wait, he died? <laughs> like, he did? Yeah. I really felt like that you were just going to be like really mean. <laughs> okay. Um, so. You. You. Put your back into the oars just for a, a few strokes to get you clear of the boat. You realize they're, they're not coming after you, and you can take the time to stop and put the put the sail up. Um, and you would be heading north, which means you've got a favorable wind, whereas they're probably going to be stuck floundering where they are for about an hour to get everything fixed up. I also... If need be, could roll a steer. I was looking and I was like, oh, is that like a make a it's make a ride track slash roll. make a track crawl? It's what ride ride slash steer. steer. Yeah. Um, so don't roll to actually get the thing set up. You're uh, a bosun. Right? You know how to repair the boat, whether it's the wood or the sails or the rope or the lines or whatever, so taking this small mast and putting it's like a little day sailor, right? Um, you're able to get that in there and get the, the sail going, but uh, yeah, give me a uh, I, I want a steer roll, but it seems like maybe there ought to be somebody with a navigate roll before that, so you know which way to steer. Mm. Do you have a navigate skill? 
I have lore nature. That'll do. Between the maps that <laughs> that that um, Atlas got and is and is, <laughs> um, then you can use your lore nature to. So it, by this time it is dark, right? So you're gonna have to use that lore nature to see if you can like uh, locate the North Star, so you can be sure which way you're going. So. She just gets a pen and starts drawing on my back. We're here. <laughs> We're going here. Got some some sun thumbtacks and, and some red yarn. String. Oh, yeah. Ow. <laughs> Thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Um pretty clear night. The stars are out and shining bright. You locate the north star, you know that if you head towards that, you'll be going pretty much north. Now, what you guys have to figure out is how long and how far you need to go north before you you cut to the inland to find the way across. Okay. So you guys have a moment uh, on the boat. You're the the Sin Maria is vanishing in in your uh, rearview mirror, and um, you're headed north. Sorry about your uh, your makeshift dad there, Paco. Oh, it'll be all right. He lived a good life. There'll be more fights. Someday I'll go back and find this and Maria, and I'll kill Joseph, make this right. Till then, we'll fulfill his last wish and... Find something else to do. Do you think, like, Maria's, like, a old lover or, like, a kid or, like, his mom? I don't know that he had any kids, but he also don't seem like the type to kiss and tell. He's very romantic, you know. It's very romantic. Cristobal in boots. <laughs> Is she sick? Didn't the thing say that this would save her? Well, save doesn't necessarily mean sick. Like, I've had lots of people try to, you know, save my soul. <laughs> Did you say that in character? Yeah. Okay. I say everything in character. <laughs> um... So are there any landmarks along the shore, like major landmarks between here and the way across? Uh, the lights of Augustine are quickly becoming just a small twinkle behind you. Um, and it's pretty dark on the shoreline ahead of you. Um, I'm assuming you're going to kind of keep the, the dinghy. Hugging the shoreline yeah. on the way up, um, and yeah, no, uh, no lights of a village or town um, available right now. Um, so, Pucka, give me uh, aptitude roll, and. Mel and Atlas, give me an intuition roll. 
I was going to say we could like cross reference Pucka's knowledge of shit. Did you get shapes. another 20? I got another 20. <laughs> I was with a say, different dice this time. We cause... could like cross reference your knowledge of ships with Mel's knowledge of the weather and see if we could calculate how far we were yeah. going. <laughs> uh, intuition 21. Uh, intuition 11. But oh. yeah, the stars will be moving. I could probably be like, oh, Ursa Majors up there now. It's been two hours. <clears throat> so, Pucka, as the conversation in the in the boat, this time it is a boat, um, was going on about, you know, who is Maria or whatever, you realize that you'd only read like the last couple entries in the journal and maybe there was other stuff in the journal that might give a clue as to Maria. Well, I will, when I realize this, I will take the journal out of my jacket pocket and hand it over to which lady would I think would be more interested? Probably the one that just turned to you and said, oh shit, do you still have that journal? Oh, because your intuition is just like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We still We've got things. stuff written by the man himself. I like books. <clears throat> so I'll hand you the journal, and then I'll start making preparations to put him off. And then... Oh, yeah, we are still riding around with the dead body. Yeah. And then uh, we also have a sextant, so we can with Polaris, figure out our exact latitude. Would I have a roundabout of how long it takes sailing to get there? Um, if the wind holds up, you think you could probably be there by midday tomorrow. It's about midnight now. Okay. So that kind of borks my plan, because if it's a couple days, you know... You can keep taking readings, but you pretty much only get like one reading a night on the sextant, I think. Yeah, but if the map is correct and you stay to the shoreline, the way across is on the coast. So, so we'll definitely see it. see it. Okay. Well, we have plenty of time. I'm going to start reading aloud from the journal. But the very first page, I'm going to start with Dear Diary. And then look over at Pucka. I'm just kidding. And I'll read it nicely. Okay. As you flip through, there's some of the standard captain's log kind of stuff. We did this. Took on 40 bales of cotton. Got 20 barrels of rum from such and such an adventure. I can keep in track of those things. And then there's other entries where he just gets more thoughtful and inward thinking and um, there are several entries about Maria and reading through those entries you have been, come, been able to deduce that Maria is Cristobal's daughter called it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that sometime in the past he's not real specific that him and his daughter were traveling 
and their travels um, gave them reason to cross against saner advice. The Old Key Finnoaks Swamp, and to make their way to the way across, um, and in, in that swamp, that a terrible creature he makes just ungodly descriptions of this thing um, that. Uh, This green monster with weird horns that seem to be like not just in the swamp, but kind of part of the swamp. Um, as they were traveling through the swamp, there is a very specific path where the ground is higher and, you know, a, a very dangerous road has kind of been rutted through this thing. Um Passing the time, Maria was singing, which she often did, and she had a lovely voice. And this strange creature rose up out of the swamp, overturned their cart, grabbed Maria, and took her. And they spent several months after that trying to find Maria. And occasionally he would get to places in the swamp where he would hear her singing um, and he would call out to her and she would stop singing and then within minutes this weird green creature would would rise up out of the swamps and come after him and nearly died several times um, and realized that he had to find a better way about doing this that this wasn't going to work um, but for months, as he tried this, always fearing that Maria was dead, he would often hear Maria singing in the swamps. And when he'd call out, she'd stop. Then the monster would appear. So he's always heartened that Maria was still alive. And he surmised that the beast found Maria's singing calming or comforting and several entries drawn you know much more entries about saw a sail on the horizon attacked this ship was attacked by a ship fought this battle got this booty uh maria my poor maria <laughs> and then we also got some treasure <laughs> right so yeah that's uh in the several hours you have to do this in is what you surmise from the okay journal so we have to go save his daughter from a monster that likes music and i'm guessing the music by, by the way yes um so I'm going to retcon just a little bit, right? Because you guys have been in the boat for a couple of hours now. You guys have got the body on the boat. You're in the boat. You jump in, splash, or, or, or. Okay. Things start to settle down a little bit. Um, Mel, who's holding the ancient artifact? 
think it's Mel. I think, yeah. Okay. Somewhere along there, after everything's tied down, you realize there's still sound coming out of those little things because you hadn't ever made it stop. Okay, I'm gonna fiddle with it and try and get it to stop. Okay, as you move your hand around and your your hand, your thumb, your finger or something brushes over the little round part and you hear it stop and then start over but it's a different sound, like a different rhythmic tone to it and you do that again and then there's a, like a different rhythmic tone to it and you're you're messing around and eventually something you did you're not sure what stops it meanwhile back in the present so <laughs> tell us about the burial at sea of one captain cristobal fuentes so Pucka would probably direct the boat just enough off the sandbar that it was in deeper water. He wasn't going to wash back up onto shore, but not enough that like we're three days out or something. He would probably have everything nicely situated on the captain. He'd have his hat on his chest and he would probably take out a small little doll that the captain had given him as a kid and put it in the captain's jacket pocket. And in the other pocket, he'd put that naughty magazine and he'd give a oh, little speech. So I, cute. I thought you saved it for your own prurient interest. Oh, okay. he certainly did. And then... seems <laughs> like... It's kind of dark in this boat. <laughs> supposed to send him off with a Bible. This will do. <laughs> he probably would give a long speech with a little crying and talk about how him and Cristobal didn't always see eye to eye, but they loved one another and he raised him right. So hopefully the sea would benefit as much as he had from Cristobal Fuentes and see him off. And then just roll his body over the side of the dinghy and into the murky dips. Probably not roll it, probably pick it up and okay. as easy as possible push it away from shore. Great. Um, so one, um, Take a point of adrenaline. Um, the game master can award adrenaline points for role play, those kind of things. And adrenaline points can be used to help out roles. There's several other things you can do. Search the PDF for adrenaline points, and you'll see there's several options that you have. for. You can use it, I think, to do a best of two on a roll or... Um, other things like that. So take it under your own point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's getting into the wee hours of the night. Um, by that, I mean, it's, well, at least one of you has to pee at this point. It's the wee hours. The wee. Yeah, dang. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the body of Cristobal 
um, eloquently put to rest in the sea that was his life uh, enters with a splash. And, you know, at that time, the, the, the sun is just starting to turn the eastern sky a dark purple. It's still pretty dark, but you could tell we're getting close to dawn. And the wind has died down to almost nothing. The the sail of the dinghy just kind of hanging loosely. Occasionally, it'll it'll puff out with a little bit of a, a gust, but your movement has slowed considerably. Well, we can either row or get it or. Um. <laughs> Taking the adrenaline point. That one was sneaky good. <laughs> Nobody even noticed it. it was so sneaky. I thought I was thinking some stuff. Um, you know, Mel, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like an underutilization of your awesome cosmic powers there, but. I can summon some Winya. Thank you. It's so cool when you do it. <laughs> As you guys are having uh, that quaint little conversation, there is a massive thud oh. against the side of the boat. It rocks the boat. Um, everybody give me a reflex roll. Six. And I have a plus Two. three. I rolled a five with a plus three. That's including the <laughs> We were not expecting this at all. We really have to pee. Our reflexes are very slowed. The the thump on the side of the boat just careens it up almost to like 45 degrees. And all three of you tumble into the water, unable to grab onto anything as you were thrown. The boat slams back down. Right side up hasn't been capsized. But in a minute your weight is out, it slams back down. You guys have all tumbled into the water. I'm just curious. And I should have asked this question before, but what's drumsticks up to? No. I imagine he would fly up because he probably wouldn't want to get wet and end up landing on the boat Okay. when the boat was stable once again. Okay, so the thump came on the starboard side of the boat, the right, and you guys went tumbling off the port side of the boat, the left. You hear thrashing, breaking of water going on on the other side of the boat. Don't see anything yet unless you want to do something to try to see. I want to get back in the boat. (coughs) Okay. I don't want to stay in the water. That's scary. That's where the sharks live. I probably would try to get back in the boat as well if I didn't see anything immediately. All right. So um, what are y'all's vigilance numbers? Not the plus, but the big number. Nine. Ten. 
13. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Paco. What did you say you were trying to do when they said they were trying to get in the boat? Also trying to get in the boat unless I saw something. Okay. So as you guys are grabbing the boat, um, it, there's going to be some difficulty level here, right? There's nothing in the boat kind of ballasting it, right? So your boat, you're all grabbing on this side of the boat and pulling it. So the boat, boat's doing this thing again. And that whole kind of dragging yourself up out of the water is difficult. But... Um, all of you feel this something surge underneath the boat and bump against all of your legs that are in the water. And uh, if you look over your shoulder and there are two fins breaking the water and they look roughly in the same line. Uh, but maybe three or four feet apart and a big swooshing sound. And I am going to need to know, well, you guys can just tell me. Um, <coughs> what is your reflex smell? Uh, 10, a negative one. All right. You feel, and probably now at this point, see this huge tail. As it comes past you, the tail whips and smacks up against you. And you take four points of damage minus any armor you might have. You said four points? Yes. And the tail that is swung and hit you now swings back the other way. And Emily, I'm sorry, Atlas, what is your reflex? 14. And it smacks into you for three points of damage minus any okay. armor that you might have. Um, and you see the the tail, which is now, it's kind of breaking the water too. So you're able to determine that this is a single huge shark. But it has two dorsal fins instead of one. And the tail, and it, it is swimming out, and you can see it turning back towards you. So under vigilance, that makes it... Now, Mel's turn. You had a 13 vigilant? Mel? I'm, yeah, your vigilant score, Mel? My vigilance? Mm-hmm. 13. Yeah, and so it's your turn. Now, in combat, you can do movement, and then you have a movement phase, and then an action phase. An action phase can either be an action and a blitz action or two blitz actions. Blitz actions are things like aim, sprint. Um, there's several others that I can't think of right now, but if you search the PDF for blitz, you'll find out what all they are. So um, for your move action, if you'd like to try to get into the boat, 
you can or you can swim. Your movement <coughs> is at half because of the terrain, unless you've got something that says you don't experience half it based on terrain. I, I actually do. I have Wayfarer move normally while swimming, climbing, or passing through difficult terrain. Okay. Best so. of two on... What are BLD rolls? Build. 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 Okay, cool. That doesn't apply right now. No. Um, right, so you could try to get back into the boat. You move your full movement because of your your ability, so you could swim away, swim to the other side of the boat, run over there and ride the shark. What do you like to do? I'm going to climb into the boat. Okay, I am going to need a reflex roll, not, uh, not reflex, um, athletics roll, um, unless there's something else you'd rather use, like maybe stunt. I will listen to any arguments for a skill. I can do either survive or just a plain athletics roll. Okay, you pick. We're going to do survive. <laughs> Nine. Okay. <laughs> You're trying to scramble up into the boat, and you just can't seem to get a good enough purchase, or your arms aren't strong enough to pull you in. There's nothing leveling out the boat. It's just not working. That's your movement phase. Now you have your action phase. So for your actions, you can do things like uh, maneuvers, melee attacks, ranged attacks, flee, which basically is the equivalent of disengage, but you're not engaged right now. So, um, could she make a case for fleeing into the boat to get another try? <laughs> Push take. <laughs> I will let you get another try at the boat, but we would. So you know, I said you get an action and a blitz action, or or two blitz actions. Mm -hmm. um, I would say you could get in the boat by using two blitz actions: the strategize blitz action and the sprint blitz action. So figuring out how you're going to like get one leg up over the thing and then using the sprint of extra movement. Because she has the was, extra information yeah. now from her failed attempt. Yeah. So a little yeah. contrived, but yeah, two so failures. it'll be all your actions. You'll get two blitz actions and nothing else. So I'm gonna do it. Actually strategize really only is used to uh reposition yourself in the Aim. vigilance order. So uh, if you want to aiming go for... my limbs, aiming your limbs. <laughs> okay, I got it. You're good. It's going to take two blitz actions. You could, there are other blitz actions out there. Those are the three standards. Certain skills mm -hmm. and abilities give you other blitz actions. But enough of that. You're going to use all of your uh, action to try mm -hmm. to get into the boat. Yes. Same thing. Do you want to know what the dice goal is that you missed the last time? Probably 10, and I rolled a 9. Yep. <laughs> yep. I know. Do I need to roll again? Yeah. Or... You do. Can I still do survive? <laughs> yeah. 
probably more important. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-one. All right. You're able to get yourself into the boat, but that is the end of your turn, which make it Atlas's turn. I would also like to attempt to get into the boat with my movement. Yep. You're also allowed to say anything that can be said within like five seconds in either your movement phase or your action phase. So, I would utter the words, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not grab my hand help me get to the other side Honestly, of the boat i would love to say that. that i was smart enough for okay. that but i really I like don't it. think i am <laughs> oh fuck is the words and you're gonna try and get in the boat and yes. so that is athletics unless you want to argue for a different skill no athletics is fine that is a nat 20 plus two all right you are able to just spring whether it's your small frame and agility or the fact that the, now the boat is ballasted somewhat by the weight of Mel. Uh, you find it pretty easy to get up into the boat. That's your movement phase. You now have an action phase. Okay. So I would like to fire my crossbow. Um, so I'll do a, a ranged attack. You will. A 12. Your bolt goes screaming through the water and hits right where the monstrous shark was a second ago. You didn't lead him enough. Okay. Um, and then what? Did you add your plus two aptitude on that? Yeah, so I'm at a minus one plus two. Okay. Is minus, is, is, you could have used oh, a blitz so what, action. It's the other way is a 14. Oh, my bad. I can't math. All right, so one of the blitz actions you can use, because remember, you, you do an action and a blitz action. One of the blitz actions is aim. Yes. So you could use the aim thing there, and aim gets you a plus one to okay. your melee or ranged attack. So do you want to use that blitz action? Does my corrected math of 14 change my my whether or not I hit him from the 12? Um, I'm going to refuse to answer that question until Fair I know enough. whether or not you aimed before shooting. No. Okay, it misses. Okay. Then for my blitz attack, I'm actually going to shoot another crossbow bolt because mm -hmm. my crossbow has a blitz. Okay. I was just saying, detail. shooting again is not a blitz action, but it, you got it. It is. <laughs> okay. So take your second shot, adjusting for the speed of the... On a blitz action shot, yes, it's worst of two. Mm-hmm. But I want to use my adrenaline to make it a straight roll. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> it's an eight. And this time you adjusting for the speed at which you turn around. You overcompensate it. It splashes into the water. Um, yeah. So uh, mark off two uh, pieces of ammo. And it is now Pucka's turn. I know you probably said this already, but can I do an action before my movement? Yes. Okay. There's two ways that you can do this. One is, I forget what they call this tactical method, which is used, it's great for when you're using battle maps or uh, virtual tabletops. And then everybody does their move 
then everybody does their action. The other way is theatrical. We're doing it theatrical, which is great for theater of the mind, and you just do both of yours. So that's a really cool, thoughtful way to do that it system. Was, when I read that, I was like, "That's really smart." So smart. we're playing theater of the mind. So on your turn, you tell me how and in what order you're going to do your actions and your movement. Is the creature close to me? It is about. 40 yards out, finishing his turn and coming this way. 40 yards out? Dang. Dang. In that case, I will... Did you need him to be closer? Make a luck roll. My range is 30. Make a luck roll. He's moving while all this is happening. 86 is even, so... He is exactly 30 yards out. So I am going to... Is he on near the top of the water right now? Or yes. Is, okay. Yeah, he's at a level that would make it commensurate with biting you. <laughs> so I'm going to take one shot and plan on taking another with my 22 short because it also has a blitz action. Okay. So these are both 22 short shots. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first one... 19 plus 5, 24. That is a hit. Roll your damage. God, I would hope so. It's a d4 damage. I rolled a 2. And hold on. Okay, this one doesn't have a bonus, but it does have hemorrhage. So I believe... It must succeed a health roll or suffer the bleeding condition. Uh, he made his health roll. This is where it's kind of like Call of Cthulhu when you have to make a roll against your health. you got to roll under it. So the worse your health is, the harder it is. Cool. I got you. So we'll do the second shot now. Another... And we can edit that part out if I got it wrong. Rolled another 19, but it's a worst of two. So what was the damage on the first one? Two. Two. And that one's worst of two, so... 11. So that one doesn't hit. Okay, so uh, as he's rushing towards you in the water, you can see his big tail swooping back and forth to just gaining speed. He's coming up out of the water. And and just as you let your first shot off, it, it hits him right, like, in the mouth and as you're taking your second shot you notice that in his mouth is an unmistakable piece of captain cristobal whose bloody wrapped body dumped into the sea attracted a shark um but anyway i need you and both of you the rest of you for Seeing a shark monstrosity. By the way, the teeth look really weird. You know, like it's, you know, sharks have multiple rows of teeth. Mm-hmm. This shark appears to have like multiple openings of teeth, like a couple mouths. Is it like an infinity mirror where it looks like it's going all the way back yes, to his anus? Exactly. <laughs> He's going to chew you all the way till he shits you. <laughs> <laughs> he all fucked up. 
So I need everybody, you guys need to make resolve rolls. I rolled above my resolve. Natural 20. <laughs> How about you, Mel? Uh, I rolled a three. I'm under. All right. So, Mel, it's a horrifying sight, but you're able to gird your loins and put up with it. But the other two take three duress. So that goes against your resolve. Hitting zero on resolve is... Same as hitting zero on HP, you will be unconscious. You just faint. Mm -hmm. So, um, Atlas, tell me, tell me how that was. What? Um, I don't think that my fear was in connection to the captain. It was more of the fact that it's it's touched me multiple times and at multiple points had the ability to just take chunks of me with it and the realization of just like the oh fuck earlier did not not nearly touch the depths of the oh fuckery that we are in and it was just very startling of like i was in the water with that <laughs> and i did not like that <laughs> okay all right, uh, Pucka, it's still your turn. You just finished your action and blitz action. You have movement left if you want it. But feel free to, if you'd like to tell us about how your resolve was just affected, you may do that as well. He's immediately very perturbed because he remembers giving the captain that jacket in port with one of their better hauls. And he's a little angry that the jacket has been destroyed. He's not so much angry about the captain himself being nutrients for the sea as much as he hoped it would be like down at the bottom and, you know, little things would eat him out of the jacket, not... No, I like that. What would you like to do with your movement phase? He is going to try to get in the boat, and it's going to be very flashy. He's going to, instead of just pulling himself up and into the boat, he's seen where the other two have gotten in, and the boat is still rocking a little. So when it's on a high point, he's going to try to grab on and time with the rocks and... When the place he grabbed is at a high point, he's going to do like a dolphin leap out of the water and into the boat and land on his stomach. Wow, what a stunt. I love that was all just played to get the stunt, wasn't it? It was. Roll your stunt. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is really good. Should I reward him with adrenaline? And then realize I was being played. The You're whole being time. played like a fiddle. <laughs> no adrenaline, but I will allow you to use stunt instead of athletics to climb into the boat. Yeah. Yeah. The minute he opened his mouth, I was like <laughs> That was that was beautiful actually. So that is a a fifteen. You <laughs> so because I took the thing that lets me add my charisma modifier. The is there a limit to how many times per game you can do that? Or mm -mm. cool, the bravado. There was definitely some bravado in level that. one ability. <laughs> All right, 
mystically and majestically, <laughs> you come flopping up out of the water <laughs> and, and land in the boat, much to the surprise of these two are like, well, that's a much easier way. <laughs> and I imagine it went like in slow motion with the drops of water around me twinkling with the rising sun at our backs. <laughs> so first, the good news. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the other two didn't notice this. You're a bosun, a boat swing. You repair boats. As you land on your stomach in the boat, you happen to look over and notice that on the side where the big thump came, there's a small little crack in one of the, the wood planks that make up the side. And you realize the boat has taken some damage from the shark. That's the good news. The bad news is we're now at the top of the order and the shark monstrosity is his turn to go. And the shark monstrosity has a movement rate of 40. And where he was kind of 40 yards. <laughs> Actually, the, the, the movement rate is in feet, so you're okay. Awesome. He's 30 yards away, which is 90 feet. So he is using all of his movement to move the 40 feet. And then his blitz action will be to sprint, which gets him another 20 feet, which puts him about 30 feet, 10 yards away from the boat at the end of his turn. He's coming full speed um, about to ram this boat, which makes it Mel's turn. She is going to then pull out her rifle and aim, since it's coming straight at her, line up a headshot. Okay. Called shots. You have a worst of two modifier on here. Would you like to know his reflex so you know what you're targeting? Kinda, yeah. That'd be great. The shark monstrosity has a reflex of 15. So I can't roll below 15. 15 or better to make this shot. Remember. And a worst of two. You could use your blitz to aim, and especially since it's a called shot. And negate that, yeah. Well, negate it or you get a plus two when you aim. Oh, that's right. Um, you get a plus one to the roll if you aim. Still. I would like to aim. And then. Okay. Worst two. I'm rooting for you here. <laughs> I'm so stressed. <laughs> 19, so plus one. So 20 on the first roll. <laughs> I thought, I thought that was your worst. I was like, oh my God. Five. <laughs> All right. Uh, your shot goes <laughs> right over his head. There must have been something in your eye. <laughs> Honestly. That makes it Atlas's turn. Okay. I am going to 
take a shot with my crossbow and use my blitz action to aim. Okay, plus one on the attack. I rolled a one. Um... Uh, give me a luck roll. It doesn't seem right to just do this to you. So. I didn't get it. You didn't roll the right dice. Oh, I I rolled a d20. It's still, it's even. Uh, house rules, you got to roll percentile dice so that uh, it still makes sense to call this percentile dice in this game. Okay, I still got even, so I still missed it. <laughs> it's three bad rolls back yeah, to back. Yeah, um... The stock of your crossbow is wet, slippery. When you go to pull the trigger and the, the, the bowstring slams forward and shoots the, the bolt off, it goes wide. But I guess it wouldn't really be called a recoil, right? Because the force of it would be pushing the other way. It slips out of your hand. No. And the luck rolls to see did it land in the boat or in the water. <laughs> Your crossbow just hit the water. But it's mostly wood. I was going to say, does it float? <laughs> it looks like it is. But the, the part with the, the bow on it is metal and everything. So it's kind of like, has right. like a bobber, right, in the weight. And so um, it sits there long enough, it'd probably pull it down. But right now it's still within grasp. Okay, so for my move action, I'd like to grab it. Can I still, like, actually move, or is that my entire move action? I just wanted to sit with the oars. No, I'll give you that as, a, like, a free action. So I'll pick it up, and then I'm going to move to the oars, take my position up to, on my next turn, be able to start going. Okay. Puck. Oh, pucka. What kind of action would be holstering my weapon and drawing the two cutlasses? I read somewhere, and I'm not seeing it right now, but I believe that swapping weapons is a blitz action. Can I wait until it's getting pretty dang close, jump on his back with my cutlasses, and just start drumming? I don't know if we have readied actions here. Well, but. no, I think uh, as a second blitz action, you could do strategize, which when a character strategizes as a blitz action, they can redetermine their position in the turn order. Instead of a big roll, they make a lower strategy roll and use the result to determine their position in the turn order. Um, See... So all of this technically happened at the same time, right? For Vig mm -hmm. Order, he went first. And during all of that same five seconds or whatever is when he swam up. So, I'll, I, you know what? If you're going to take your movement to get up on the side of the boat and then jump to him, he's still moving closer. I will allow it on this turn as movement, but there's going to be a skill check involved here. Sounds like a stunt to me. It sure does. 
8 plus 4 plus 2 plus 2, 8 plus 8, 16. All right. You have successfully landed on this shark. Um, because you only rolled a 16, um, you were facing the ass end of the shark. <laughs> You know, had you rolled like an 18 or 20, I was going to let you do a twist in midair as well <laughs> and land on him like you're actually riding him. That's fair. So, yeah, but you you, you have landed on him. So um, I'm going to, with my cutlass, my original cutlass, it has a spiked hilt. I'm going to jam it into the side. The other cutlass, I'm going to make a move to slash off the tail fin of the shark. All right, so this shark is huge, like really long. Um, so, I, I don't expect that to get extra anything. I'm just for flavor gotcha. describing. Perfect, love it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I think I have to kind of adjust his reflexes on here. Because um, he could duck, twist all he wants. You're on his back. I'm going to consider this similar to him being in a prone position. Which gives you a best of two modifier on your attack. Okay. So that means your first one will be best of two. And the best of two cancels out the worst of two for your offhand. Yeah, because I just reread the ambidextrous. And I was going to bring this up. But it says you do not receive receive a worst of two modifier for wielding a small one-handed melee weapon in your offhand. Cutlass is a medium blade. Okay. So, it, so I still have the word. best of two on the first one, even on the second one. Okay. It was the best of two. It was the worst of two. <laughs> and I just rolled Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. No goodness. At least I have a good melee. So five plus nine is 14. Five plus six is 11. Both are fails. Yeah, it's slippery on this Slick. shark's back. Um, and we come to the top of the round. All of you have seen this thing that is rushing. Both attacks, or you just do your best of two? Neither one had a best or worst. They canceled out. You had best of two on the first one, and then a straight roll on the second one. That's what he said. Okay. Does, I missed that part. Cause yeah, because it was only the offhand that got worst of two, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Another nine. Okay, so. sorry. Okay. <laughs> You can tell, all of you can tell what this thing is trying to do. So, um, he's about to hit the boat. The last time he hit the boat, y'all had to make reflex rolls to not get knocked out of the boat. Um, I'm going to give you best of two on your reflex rolls to not get blocked because you know what's about to happen. So, you're steadying yourselves for it. I should probably have a reflex roll, too, for the concussion of it hitting the boat. Mm -hmm. But likewise, you know what's happening. So you're able to—I'm going to ask you when it comes to you. 
what what it is you're doing to steady yourself for this impact. So, Mel, a reflex roll to keep from being knocked out of the boat. Best of two, you well, said? Well, hold on a second. First of all, let's see if he hits. He yeah, still has to that'd hit. be nice. Wouldn't it be great if he rolled a nat one on this? He only rolled a five, but he's plus five. I'm going to call the ten good for a hit on the boat. So, Mel, I need your reflex roll with a best of two modifier. Okay. Um, yeah. How about you, Atlas? Uh, 16. Okay. And Puck, what are you doing to try to maintain your position on this shark who's you're plummeting backwards. <laughs> hey, he said the thing. Backwards. Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> well, you mean you drove that thing into him, so you've got like a thing. I didn't, though. You missed on both of those. On both? Damn. I thought, I don't know what I thought. I think I will try to hug the tail. Okay. All right, give me your reflex. Best of two. Puck, always out here chasing tail. 13 plus 3, 16. All right. So this thing slams into the boat. You, Atlas, hear a crunching sound, and you see some of the boards on that side kind of bend in, and a couple of them splinter a little bit uh, Mel you go plummeting backwards off of that side of the boat to the side where the captain's body was originally dumped and Puck you see what's going to happen you reach down to grab on to the body of this thing the force into the boat and you just slide down his, until his uh tail fins essentially work as a stop for you. Um, but you're perilous, perilously at the waterline, you know, like you are having to consciously like lift yourself up to be out of the water based on where his tail is at. So that makes it Mel's turn. Um, I'm guessing from my movement, I'm going to recover from knocking into the water and swim up to the surface. And then... Yeah, so I think you probably only went about five feet deep into it and probably only knocked about five feet off. So you get full movement because of your skill, your uh, mm -hmm. ability. So you could make it back into the boat, but there is the athletics check to get into the boat. You see, I'm tired of having to get back in the boat, but it's better than being in the water. So yes. we're coming back in. Okay. 
If I don't stop dropping this dice over my... 14. Okay, you're able to climb back into the boat. That is your movement. You have action. I am shooting. Um, Just straight shot, not calling or aiming. Okay. That looks like a miss from your face. I missed the table. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, the floor dice don't count. Roll it again. 15. That's a hit. Roll your damage. Oh my god, I never thought I'd get this (laughs) What damage do I do? Where's my dice? (laughs) On the floor. Six points. Hell yeah. Do you get any bonus for, is there any plus on the damage on that? Uh, I don't think so. You, you scramble back into the boat and I don't know if it's the urgency of the situation or what, but it has steadied your hand and you pop off a shot with your rifle that hits square into the snout of this, uh, monstrous shark as he has recoiled or backed a little bit the impact of the boat whether he moved backwards or he just pushed the boat far enough away he's mm-hmm. still on that side of the boat and you just took a big chunk out of his leathery shark skin cool. and then as my blitz action I could do another shot. only if your weapon has a blitz which is in the description. Like crossbows, they have the, they have like two yeah. things. Mine's a quiet and blitz. What kind of rifle do you have? Uh, model eighteen ninety two. I don't think it does. I don't see blitz on that. It does have hemorrhage though. Okay, so she made a successful shot. So we need to roll against health and see if he's now got the bleeding condition. Yes. Ooh. But if he bleeds, does another shark come? <laughs> Do we just create more problems? Yeah. Or less? Who knows? Okay. Um, we tracked an orca. Your shot hit in a really good spot. and You can just see blood gushing out of the snout of, of this thing. It's uh, three rounds, the, the bleeding, so... For each of the next three rounds, he will lose three points of damage at the beginning of the round. That's a good condition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice shot. Um, So that makes it Atlas's turn. Okay. I'm going to take a shot with my crossbow and use a blitz action to aim. Give it to me. So the blitz action gives you a plus one on your attack. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is not quite enough. Um, Hits the water just to the right of his head. Any Mm. movement? So I've taken some damage. Would you say that maybe my over jacket is got blood on it? Sure. I'm going to take my jacket off and throw it off the boat. To one side, like as far away as I can get it, so he'll 
Maybe go that way for a bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I get no roll necessary. There's now a bloody jacket in the water and a slightly cooler smuggler in the boat. Yes. Paka. I'm going to once again be trying to dig the spike in and hack with the other one. Okay. Do you want it to still have the prone? Yep. Okay. I mean, you're on top of it, you know. It's, you can't dodge out of the way. So the reflex thing doesn't seem appropriate here. So I'm. Part of me wants to say it's an automatic hit, but I don't want to be that easy on it. So I'm going to give you best of two. That's fair. I mean, he is swimming, so it's going to be. Blue and green are going to be the spike. So a 17 plus 6 and a 16 plus 6, so 23 and 22. Hell yeah. Nice. What is the damage on the other cutlass? Because you said it seems sharper than mine. Would it be different than the 1d6 of my normal cutlass? It's mostly just flavor. Okay. The green is going to be my normal. He had a better looking cutlass than you did because he was the captain. That's fair. So my normal one has the hilt giving it a plus one, and then my aptitude gets added to it because it's a melee weapon, which is plus two, so that's a six. You built a fighter, didn't you? (laughs) I did. And then the captain's cutlass rolled a five plus two. Two is a seven. Total damage? Total damage is 12. Wasn't it a six and a... Six, 13. And they both have hemorrhage as well, I believe, but I don't think you can do bleed twice, so... But it may be making him bleed from multiple areas. Yeah, but, you know, instead of that, why don't you explain to me the demise of this shark monstrosity? What's it look like? So Pucka digs in the spike, and he's really, like, wanted to make sure the spike was in, so while the swimming is going on, he doesn't get thrown off. And he managed to actually slice off the tail, finally. And the shark starts writhing in the water, and... It's moving all its other parts and making just a very violent churn. And the water starts turning pink and there's bubbles and blood and a little bit of viscera going on. And finally, the shark starts sinking. (coughs) The shark. (laughs) The shark starts sinking and Pucka takes his cutlass and points at the shark and says, Take that, you swabble. <clears throat> so I'll need everybody to make a note that swabble is spelled S-W-A, a single B-E-L. Doesn't seem intuitive, I know, but, and it is now canon. Swabble is a colloquial name for certain monstrous sharks. <laughs> 
And <coughs> I think he would try to grab the tail. I would say keep it as a souvenir. And so, keep it for dinner. <coughs> we didn't. There is food. a frenzy of writhing and splashing as the last bit of life leaves this monster shark and it tends to kind of roll over onto its side and then come to a stop floating in the water. You can see the kind of wider underbelly and the darker top side of them. This thing is huge and it has, for some reason, two dorsal fins instead of a single one and that crazy weird mouth upon mouth upon mouth with many rows of teeth there's blood pouring out of his snout huge trail of blood coming out of his uh tail we're out of combat you guys have the scene for whatever you'd like to do for a minute i'm gonna fish out my jacket (laughs) Um, using an oar you're able to reach out like damn i thought i threw it farther than that I'm going to take the tail and swim back to the boat and get on the boat. And as I'm getting on the boat, I do it similarly, but instead of landing on my stomach, now that I have had time to plan it out, I would like to land on the side of the boat with my feet and take a couple steps and jump onto a seat and then jump backwards onto the last seat. And be in position to row. And as I'm doing that, are you going to make me make a roll? Yeah. As I'm doing that, I yell, parkour! (laughs) (laughs) Parkour! (laughs) Oh, my God. Love you, Alex. (laughs) I feel like it's punishment that, like, you should break the boat. (laughs) And all the stress he just put on it. (laughs) So, uh, I think everybody, but especially Mel and Atlas, are amazed at this show of uh, agility as he springs up onto the side of the boat, jumps from one seat and uses that as a springboard into another seat, which lands him perfectly that his hands just naturally fall onto the two oars sitting there. Um, Well, actually one oar because one oar got used to, (laughs) and you start rowing around in circles. (laughs) It's, It's a beautiful, beautiful sight. You do notice that, there is <clears throat> not a gush, but a trickle of water coming in from the port side, the side of the second hit, the one that he got a good running start on, um, where the bu- the boards have buckled and splintered a little bit. There's some water coming into the boat. Can I use my craft arts to think of if there's any way to repair it enough that we can be sure that we're not going to... Sure. See, see um, shark give me a give me a roll on that craft. Do you find yourself after having played Call of Cthulhu that when you do a skill like can I check it off? Right. <laughs> no, I've done that several <laughs> times because there is a checkbox next to all of them, and it's like click it. No, don't click it. That's mastery. It's an unnatural twenty. Shark okay, lover. so you think of, of a couple things. One, there is a a layer of fat that is visible with the shark tail that you could slather some and it would definitely slow it down probably. Maybe especially if the waterproof skin was on it. Maybe you could use, you know, 
the, the skin. The other thing that, that comes to your mind is if you can rely on the wind, you could cannibalize one of the oars to make a wood patch for that side of the boat. Wait, mateys, what happened to the other oar? Oh, here you go. Sorry, I was using it. Very okay. important things. So, now that he knows we have two oars, he's thinking. So we could use an oar, we could cut a little bit off of the shark, use like the shark leather. Hey, we don't have far to go. We we should maybe just use the shark leather. And he's going to attempt to cut a big square off and fashion some sort of patch. Cool. I have a tent in my bag if you want some fabric. Canvas? To like, canvas to like... So between shark leather on the inside, maybe doing a canvas wrap <laughs> around the boat. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Good to go. It, it's gone from a trickle to a drip. You don't feel like any, you know, unless something else happens, structural integrity, and it cracks some more. Just you feel like there's nothing you couldn't bail out, and you wouldn't have to do a lot of bailing, like you know, a cup or two an hour or so. Well, that's the sea for you. If the suspense doesn't kill you, something else will. So the body of a huge shark lays floating, dripping blood into the pinkish water around here. Uh, the sun is starting to rise. Um, there's a little bit of movement in the air, but it's still not enough to like catch your sail. Um, so there you are. Whatever we need to do to make our wake the longest right now, you know, speed up a little. I'll row as much as I can, but we might want to get away from here before more sharks show up. Yeah, and then with that, I am going to summon a gale and fill our um, sail up with wind. She summoned a gale and filled our sail. <laughs> oh, God. That's future in the bar that we... Settle yeah, down in later. Work on that. Um, He's been doing a lot of the sea shanty rap battles recently. <laughs> right. I, I I actually threw that out there thinking John might throw something out. I, I at one point considered like there being a, like a, a pot of you know everybody thrown two coin in and there was a sack of twenty coins for whoever won the rap battle. <laughs> but I figured. Okay, so um, then I realized I was spending too much of my prep time. Writing <laughs> 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 raps. And I'm like, I, I, focus, Steve. <laughs> Did you hate that when you have to chastise yourself? So tell me, Storm Brewer. Is it Storm Brewer? Storm Bearer? Storm Brewer? Bearer. Brewer. Storm Brewer. I think it's Storm Brewer. Could be wrong. Um, tell me. What did it all look like to everybody? Was there certain match machinations you want, went through? Um, it is Storm Brewer. Um, 
How did what happened atmospherically? What did it look like to everybody? As you just did the first bit of magic that we've seen in this game. She is going to stand behind the sail and just sit there in quiet for a moment with her eyes closed. And on the sunny morning that's coming, um, some dark clouds are going to come in and uh, cover the sun briefly in that half between of it could storm or it could not, you know, that weather but it chills down really quickly and um, there's like a misting in the air and with that cool mist is also a wind that fills the sails as she moves her arms with it to fill them and we start moving. Nice. So the, the single sail of this little dinghy puffs out to its full size it has grabbed all the air that uh, it is capable of and and the dinghy starts cutting um, through the water to the north as the sun finishes rising in the east and the the dead carcass of the shark is left far behind and you know within about i don't know at some point and i don't feel like looking it up the, the actual storm brewer effect leaves. But, but by that time, the sun has got come up. It has started to heat up the air again. So air is moving in different ways. And, and the, that southerly gulf breeze starts to, to push. Um, and you make great time. And within, I don't know, a couple hours, probably late morning, you can see the the quaint little hamlet village of the way across um, up ahead on the the coastline. People stirring uh, boats that have already left. Some boats, small boats, not like huge ships. Right, it's more like a fishing type village here. Um, some comings and goings there and the early morning dock activity is slowed down because now we're late morning but you can tell there's still some activity in the town but uh, most of the boats are out of the dock area uh, presumably off fishing or whatever so so uh do we need to stop in the town, or do you want to shoot straight on through to the swamp? So you notice that the town is kind of on the mouth of this really murky uh, inlet waterway that comes in. There's a word for a brackish. Brackish. Brackish, where the fresh water is meeting the salt water. And the fresh water has got a really dingy, muddy, greenish look to it uh, as it kind of pours in. So it makes the ocean water a slightly different color as you get closer to it. So there is an inland waterway that goes in for so how, who knows how long and how, how navigable it is, but the, the port fishing village of the way across is right here. 
I, I I don't see if us needing to stop and way across. If you guys need to stop for supplies or or something like that, then um, we could. Um, I don't need anything, but you know. I say we can keep going. I think it's important we go try to take care of this last request. You know. No time for sightseeing. We got work to do. All right, let's keep it going then. Okay, so um, take some adjusting of the sails that the pucka is absolutely qualified to do because you know now the as you turn to go more westward, the southerly uh, wind, you know, you got to kind of turn the sail to to catch it right and uh, still propel you forward. Uh, as you get into this brackish water and into this riverish outlet that is coming from inland, you start going there, it, it's a little bit slower sailing. Um, you don't have a tailwind, and the current is working against you as the water comes this way. But you're able to make... Uh, Make headway. Uh, you you start to pass by the town, and you notice that there's a single dirt road that leads out of the town towards the west. That kind of rides along the side of this river, and I hope you can hear the air quotes in my when I say this river, um, because very soon after that, um, you see the the road kind of turn more to a northwesterly as you guys are heading west and and it gets wider and you're like wow is this going to be a big river and then you realize that it's it's just turning into kind of marshy land it's not really a river it's just wetlands and um why don't you give me some kind of skill uh, navigating or steering because there's areas where it's very shallow. Um, it's not a heavy draft on this boat, but still there's issues. There's a lot of plant life and sand. and I'll do a ride steer. Okay. Seventeen. All right. You are able to probably navigate another half mile, mile into this, and the marshy starts to look a lot like swamp. There are huge oak trees um, with moss hanging down, interspersed with cypress and cypress knees that, that just pop up out of nowhere. Are you familiar with what a cypress knee is? Cypress roots grow out and then, like, Sprouts will come up and they can get huge and sometimes another tree comes down and sometimes it's just a cypress knee. Look it up, people. <laughs> you can use them as a bench if you need to, usually. As a what? As a bench. Right. Yeah. Um, so after about a mile, it's just become so swampy that this is absolutely the wrong type of a boat for it right? this uh you would need something more of a flat bottom and this one has got you know, a keel to it and you can just tell that um you're not going to be able to take this thing much further into it there's still plenty of water it's just gotten very shallow 
and um, we don't want to beach the boat because we'll need something to get back home with. And Pucka has that in mind, and he's looking for a good spot to bring it so that they can either tie it to a cypress knee or otherwise secure it while they do the job. Sure. Um, and while you were sailing it in, you know, and, and as the road turned off, you were doing your best to kind of keep close to where the road was heading. Um, and when you finally <coughs> dis You okay? I always just get choked up when I'm about to kill a party. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so emotional. Such a big moment. Um, you're able to find a spot to tie up the boat and you know step out and you, you know, a couple hundred yards you can be up into higher ground, which is where the uh, you know the you find the road again and you notice that it is this path that seems to be cutting through this swamp. Uh, and it it turns and twists and meanders like it's just following the natural high ground that appears. And there's a couple places where <clears throat> planks have been laid down to allow carts to pass over because the natural high ground is given way or or whatever. But um, it re it reminds you of the writing you'd read in his journal about there being. Uh, pathway road through the swamp that him uh, and Maria were traveling when she was abducted. So you found the road. I, I believe these are the trail we need to take. Yeah, I agree. Um, matches up with what's in the in the journal. So yeah, let's let's follow it and see if we can't find another monster, the second one of the day. Didn't the book say something about the singing? It did. It did say something about the singing. Drumstick. Or Sing me a song. No. What do you do with the captain's daughter? And you're like, whoa. 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 Uh, um, not, not appropriate here. <laughs> really crass. <laughs> I'm sorry. He has no manners. All right, you guys t take the the road. Um, drumstick is <laughs> capable of making some squawking sounds. Doesn't sound anything um, like singing. Um, miles into this swamp, and it is like oak everywhere. Big old oak, and the the canopy is like. Blocking most of the sunlight is really muggy in here. The the air is just wet as hell. Everything is damp. Um, even even the road, you know, at times is kind of mushy, but it's passable. And, and as you're passing through it, you um, I need everybody to make me a roll. You know what kind of roll. Poof. Um, You're a roll. <laughs> payback. Payback. Uh, vigilance? In yeah, I think 
vigilance works for something like a notice roll. 11. A <laughs> uh, dirty 20. A dirty one. <laughs> a dirty, smelly one. Um, your ability, Pucka, to hear sounds around you. I mean, there's this constant buzz of crickets, locusts, you know, that, that sound that you hear in, in woods. Um, even that you have a hard time hearing because of the incessant squawking of drumstick <laughs> on your shoulder. Um, but, Mel, mm -hmm. beyond all that din, din, you'd swear you hear singing in the distance. A song of a uh, female? Maybe you even detect a slight accent similar to the captain's. Oh, hold on, do you guys hear that? No, I don't hear anything. Yeah, drumsticks. Hush. Listen, they're singing. I. Maybe it's coming from over there? And then, can I tell which way it's coming from? You can. Okay. It is, then, in fact, coming from over there. Now, the journal. Awesome, perfect. Did the journal say that he had to, that he sung to like back to get the monster to come out, or was it? You may remember specifically, almost identically, that. He said he was calling out her name, Maria, and when he called out the name, the singing stopped. And then shortly after that, the creature appeared. Okay, so once we call out her name... I don't name, know how you guys got the captain singing. I don't song. know. <laughs> We're like, we have to correct this right now, now, or the yeah. comment section is going to blow up. <laughs> Once we call out her name, the singing will stop and the monster will appear. Do we... Is that what we I'm want? Gonna... Huh? Is that what we want? I don't know. I'm going to pull out the little tiny box. I think what we and... want is when the thing come out, we put, we put the sounds in his ear. That's how we save Maria. We put the sounds in the thing's ear. I don't know monsters very well, but I don't think most of them let you put things in their ears. Well, we, we're not asking permission. We're finding a way to do it. So look, I will trip him. <laughs> you hold him down. Mel puts the things in his ear. <coughs> And then he, he go to sleep with the lullaby. And we go we go in the swamp and find Maria wherever he came from. Mel, does the does the box only make sounds out of the little white wires or does it make sounds out of another part? I... 
So, Mel, you remember that when you were by yourself down in the hold of the ship and the captain mm-hmm. came out of the storage room with this thing, mm-hmm. um, that you heard the sound when he messed with it much louder than you've heard it from the white wire and the little nubbins mm-hmm. on the end of it. Nubbins. Yeah, I don't really remember this wire. Um does it come out? Let's see. And she's gonna like gently pull on the wire. Pops out. So Mel, you said you don't remember the wire. What do you remember of it? It made a very loud noise that was <coughs> I guess could pass for music. <coughs> And then he, like, shut it off quickly and shoved it in his pocket and ran off. So I wonder if we could get it to make the music-like sounds, which would draw the monster out, and then Mm -hmm. we could go get Maria. True. Because the monster came for Maria while she was singing. And whenever he called out for her, he would come. So he's obviously drawn to sounds. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I think the first step is to figure out approximately where he's keeping her so we aren't just searching the whole swamp. Yeah. Then putting the music thing someplace away from there, Mm -hmm. one of us turning it on, the other one's getting Maria, and then we all get the hell out of Dodge. I think my plan sounds much funner. (laughs) (laughs) How's that shark tail holding up? It's good. Oh, good. I had it for breakfast. Breakfast. So, you said it sounded over there. Does it sound close, Mel? No, it's pretty far. I could barely hear it. Um, I think if we walk in this direction a little bit, hopefully you guys will start to hear it too, and I won't look crazy. So can we walk in the direction that she has indicated the sound is coming from? Yes, um, and you can get closer to the singing on the road there comes a point that you continue on the road and you realize that the sounds coming from just over there like this road's not going to take you straight to the sound you've probably gotten as close to the sound as the road is going to get you and after this it's going to be stepping into this murky water and there are little patches, little islands of, right. of land here and there, but um, yeah, the road will not get you there. But so, you, it's gotten you to a place where the singing appears to be much closer. You can all hear it now. So I think it might be prudent if I um, take the little music thing, go off a ways... And, you know, I'm pretty good at hiding and sneaking and things and get it hidden, playing some music. When the creature comes out, you guys go and, you know, get the girl. Could I maybe borrow Drumstick to send back to you to let you know when he's coming my way? Hold on. Let me look at Drumstick and see how far he can fly. I did not put a movement in for him. Would you say Drumstick could far that, 
fly. Could far that fly. Could fly that far. Um. Yeah, he can. I mean, he can fly as far as his little wings will take him until he runs out of energy. That's what uh, I'm saying, though. He's a parrot. Is a different question. Um. Twenty. So his movement rate is 20. Mm-hmm. But he could call. He could go, call. <laughs> He's coming. Call. There are we timbers. <laughs> How do you say we are fucked? <laughs> My favorite line. <laughs> Could he, could he call? Like, could he be with me and call out to you guys to let you know that? It doesn't, like, give a range on his calls. It says it can use its charisma modifier on craft perform roles to imitate voices. But he would have never heard Maria. That's fair. Um. Yeah, I still think I should run off, hide the thing, play it, be sneaky. Let you guys try to get Maria. About how far are you trying to run off? I don't know. 30, 40 yards? So that would be... That would give y'all a couple... Oh, the 20 move is in feet, isn't it? So... That or you guys are just going to have to trust that he's uh, on his way. Is there a tall oak tree nearby? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of those. <laughs> so You betcha. You betcha. Yes, there is. <laughs> Could I climb the tree, use the spyglass to spot... Both her and look for where the guy was coming from. Um, so first, you have a spyglass. I mean, I'm a swashbuckler. Don't cool not have a spyglass. I was going to tell you, you didn't. Your answer should have just been yes. Oh, in the sailor's kit, spyglass. So yes. Cool. Can't believe this is the first time you're pulling it out. Right? <laughs> I'd be whipping that shit out all over the place <laughs> if I had one of those. I also apparently have a lead ship patch, so. The fuck? <laughs> Read your damn character sheet. <laughs> well, maybe you'll get a chance to use it. Um, all right, so uh, you want to scurry up a tree, use your spyglass to keep an eye on her while she goes 40 yards away to plant a musical device. To draw the monster out. Right. Uh, Mel, what will you be doing? I guess looking for Maria and saving her. And I'm going to, as I'm climbing up, use a rope because I'm used to being on a ship, using the rope, get up and down as quickly as possible. In this case, it would be using it to get down as quick as possible so that I could go with her. Okay. So basically, he'll just be watching me for whenever, you know, I signal or... He sees the monster following me. 
And I'm hoping possibly with the spyglass I may see where the monster is coming from and that would alleviate some of that finding. Okay. So Mel, show me how you make it play. So stunt is used for climbing. Good news for you. Um, so I'm going to need... I don't know uh, if John has anything in stunt. I don't uh, know that yeah. he's used it yet. I'm going to need a stunt roll for successfully climbing this tree. Um, Atlas, will you be staying at or near the road, or are you moving off into the swampy areas to plant this thing? And I am going to move off into the swampy areas okay. on the other side of the road. Okay. Um, Mel, will you show me how you made it make the sounds? I don't want it to make yeah. the sounds right now, but I want to yeah. know how. So if you press this circle, it's going to play. And you can press the same button to make it stop. And then if you don't like what it's playing, I found that like this one over here like changes it a bit. But that's pretty much all I know. Okay. I think I can. Uh, I think I can handle that. Um, great. <laughs> I'm gonna head off away from them into the swamp. Yeah. Uh, okay. My stunt roll is a twelve. Yeah, you're able to climb a tree. Not that difficult of a job. So you're up in the tree. You're using your spyglass, you can see. Atlas, because you knew where she was going. Um, Mel, I'm assuming you're, what, at or near the base of the tree? Or are you already moving towards uh, the the sound of the singing? I think I'm going to start moving towards the sound of the singing. And are you going to be doing this, like, sneakily? Yeah. Right. So, um... I'm going to need a sneak roll from Mel. I'm going to need a uh, vigilance roll from Pucka, unless you'd like to argue for a different skill as you s turn the spyglass towards where the singing is coming from. And I'm going to need some kind of roll from Atlas to see if she, with a little bit of instruction, can actually master this ancient technology. Okay. So, hmm. He's been using a spyglass for a very long time. It's practically intuitive to him now. <laughs> it's the best I can do, but I understand if not. Tinker? I will, I will allow Tinker, and I'm predisposed to allow intuition, but let me take a look at I'm going to use a different dice, because that one has been failing me all night long, which is so sad. Intuition represents instincts and hunches. I'm going to allow it. Your instinct and hunches about where the, the sound is coming from and, you know, gauging 
distance and then relating that to how you ought to focus the glass. Sure. I'm a generous kind of guy. Can You're it, all yeah. going to die anyway. Yeah. Might as well give you a few things to be happy about. Okay. I'm going to put the little 300 meme with Xerxes saying, I am a generous god right here. <laughs> right. Do that. <laughs> I rolled. <laughs> that's a fucked up dice. What did it say? Eight. It's upside down. It's no, a it's, twelve. No, that's not. It's it's oh, not that upside, one. Yeah. It's a fifteen, I believe. I think that's an eighteen. Either one's good. Okay, well, it's either a twenty or a twenty-three. That's definitely a fifteen. So why were you? <laughs> because I need to know how great I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're able to, following her instructions completely, you click the button and this cacophonous sound comes out, like like strong banging rhythm and just words that you can't make out that almost sound like screeching and... I'm going to change it to, the, to something a little more soothing. And with a couple of flicks of your thumb following the instructions, you find something that is much slower paced and more melodic with an obvious female voice coming out and ballad-like coming out. Um, much more pleasing than the uh, Megadeth song that you originally play. A very eclectic collection on this thing. But yeah. The sound is going. You, what did you roll on your... Dirty 20. Dirty 20. All right, so looking through the glass, you see probably 50, 75 yards deeper into this, there is this thing that kind of looks like a mound, but as you look at it more, you realize there's some structure to it. There's like reeds and stalks that have been laid in certain ways and an opening in it, and it's almost like constructed into natural surroundings, like maybe, you know, the roots of an oak tree where there's a big opening at the bottom. And so very much in tune with all the natural surroundings, but really looks like an opening and almost hut-like structure over there in the direction that the sound is coming from. And how'd your sneak roll go? 14. All right. You are uh, moving through the water, um, which would slow most people down, but it doesn't slow you down. And um, there are opportunities to, like, get up on dry land for a little while, but you're not constrained by that. So you're taking the most direct approach towards it, which sometimes gets you up onto land, but you're not making a zigzag pattern to stay on land as much as possible. You're able to move. Um, pretty quickly towards that area. What are we doing? There is music playing. I think it's music. Hadn't heard anything like it before, but it's pleasing. Mel is sneaking through the swamp and in the oak trees through the spyglass, Pucka has seen what looks to be some kind of dwelling. 
Pucka is excited and he wants to come down straight away. His first impulse is come down and beeline for that, but then he looks down a little bit and sees Mel doing her best to sneak. He's like, if I was running through the water, it would totally, totally make her sneak efforts for not. So maybe I stay here, wait for the ting to come out. Once the ting comes out and he's going somewhere else, maybe it don't matter if we sneak. So let's wait. Okay. <clears throat> Within seconds of the music starting, are you staying there by the uh, thing or what are you doing? No, I'm going to stash it in like a knot hole of a tree. And I'm going to head back, but I want to take like a wide berth to one side. Back towards where the rest of your party was, which is essentially near the oak tree that yes. uh, Puck is. Okay. But, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, sneaky about it? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, give me a sneak wheel. You can make it with um, best of two since you're taking a wide berth and stuff. 21. Okay. Um, you feel like you've been and you're making your, your way towards that. Uh, Mel, you're doing a great job of, of moving through this and getting closer and closer, close enough that when the when the music starts, within a couple of seconds of the music start starting, you hear the woman's voice who is singing stop. And there's a second or two, and then she calls out. Papa, is that you? It's awake. It's awake. I'm going to keep going towards it sneakily. Okay. Uh, anything from you two? Not until I make it back to the oak tree. So okay, so it. there's the oak tree. Off 40 yards away is a weird ancient device that is blasting sound. Um, by this point, you probably can't even see Mel anymore as she's moving through the reeds and you can still see the opening of this thing, and you don't see anything coming out of it. And as the tension builds and the the chirping of, of crickets and locusts and bullfrogs and whatnot kind of starts thumping along, and then it rises to this crescendo and then falls silent and just echoing through this swamp is this weird music coming from this alien device. And right in front of the oak tree, the path that that, uh, Mel had to take, big swampy area, and then the water starts to kind of ripple. In fact, even some of the pieces of dirt and land that are above the water, they start to shift. And it starts to come together as the water rises up. And this thing doesn't come up out of the water as much as the water, the swamp, the reeds, the plant life, the mud forms into this horrific creature with big, long, curved, spiraled um, horns, green, mucky, muddy, Thing and it starts sauntering towards the music. And I need both of you two, but not you, to make 
Resolve. Resolve rolls. And we're supposed to go under, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that. I failed. He's scary. Like Swamp Lucifer. Both of you failed? Yeah. Don't say, don't do that. <laughs> well, I don't know where you're at on. Where are you at on Resolve? Eight. I am at six. Five points of Resolve for both of you. <laughs> As this terrifying visage rises up out of it, there's, it's just, it's disgusting. It looks like it's made of plant and root and mud. And it's got these red glowing eyes and those crazy horns and this toothy maw that just never seems to close all the way. And it's sauntering towards the music. What are we doing? Wishing I'd brought my brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, how close am I to the to the oak tree? Am I at the oak tree mm -hmm. with him? Okay, then I am going to attempt to um, just just I want to hide myself away. I, I don't want to try to move any further. I would like to find like some naughty roots, something. I will cover myself <laughs> you in naughty mud. Roots. <laughs> you naughty roots. I will cover myself in mud. I will pull a pita from Hunger Games if I need to. I would like to hide. Okay, give me a hide roll. Probably a well-defined skill for a smuggler. Mm -hmm. You probably got an ability that goes with it too. Um, for small things or medium to large things that are in a vessel, like a vehicle. Um, so not me personally. You probably did a good job of camouflaging the boat that you guys left. Oh, I did a great job. Um, I got a 12. Okay. You have hidden. Okay. How good is really up to <laughs> the monster? Yes. Anything from you? What the actual shit is this? Oh my freaking God. I why were we seeing all these stupid ass things today? God dang it. And he's up there mumbling and very perturbed by seeing another thing. And I think he's going to hang out for the moment because the thing seems to be not aggressing towards anything. So... Don't Mel. aggro it. Mel, what you doing? Can I still make out where Maria's voice came I'm Better from? than that, you can now see the little dwelling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's this mass of roots and reeds and mud that have kind of been built around and into the base of an oak tree. It's... Okay. If so you didn't I'm have the sound guiding you, you probably would have, you know, gone right past that. And I, but mm -hmm. you see that opening. And I'm gonna sneak around it and like peek around into the entrance. Okay. Because I still haven't seen it. Do I know it's even out of the water yet? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, no, that <laughs> happened far enough behind you. You're not aware. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna peek inside. So give me another sneak roll. 
16. Okay, you feel you've done a pretty good job of sneaking up and then and peering inside. What you see inside is an area that's not very big. Um, I think like teepee, you know, mm -hmm. that amount of area in there. I guess there are varying sizes of teepee. Uh, but anyway, um, kind of circular in there. It is dark. It is dank. And one, like probably 40% of this area, um, there are these roots that, that are growing from the ground up to the, the ceiling of this thing. Or maybe they're growing down from the ceiling into the ground. I don't know. But they form kind of a cage, like bars of a cage. And inside there, you see a what probably with a little cleanup is a very beautiful young woman with uh, raven hair and, um, you know, kind of olive skin um, sitting in there who has not noticed you but is straining to, to try to see or hear what is going going on outside okay I am going to go inside and go I'm going to get you out of here who are you I I used to be on the same ship as your father we're going to get you out you, you must run he will come back and and he, he keeps me here. He likes my singing. He, he sleeps when I sing, and when I stop singing, he awakens. And It's... You, you, you must leave. We have a plan. We, we have music playing. It will subdue him enough for us to get you out of here. And she, um... Well, then hurry. He, <laughs> it won't be long. She's going to pull out her knife and start, like, chopping away at the um, root cage system. Okay. Um, and give me a vigilance roll while you're doing that. I want to see if you can hear the music still. I don't know if I want to hear the music. Uh, dirty 20. Okay, yeah. You, you can hear the music that's coming from that ancient device that uh, that atlas planted somewhere so um so you're gonna do like cutting and, and quietly not uh hacking melee <laughs> attacks at no. these roots okay you feel like you really only got to cut one of these things away and then there would be an opening big enough um mm -hmm. for her. uh and as you're cutting into it you notice it's kind of fibrous that that if you just cut through one end, you could probably bend it up or mm -hmm. down, um, and then uh, she could she could get through there. So um, no roll required, you know. Like it wouldn't make you roll to cut a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in half. So um, that's what you're doing, and and that's what's going on there. Meanwhile, back at the oak tree. The creature moving through and kind of with the swamp, getting closer and closer to the music. When you notice that the 
pace, tempo of the music seems to be slowing considerably. And then it stops well before the creature gets there. I am going to take off in a run to the road and back towards the boat. Run, sprint, as much movement as I can get, and start singing. Okay. <laughs> At the boat? I'm just going, I'm going to run to the only direction where I know where I'm going. I'm not going to run aimlessly into a swamp. At least I know the direction back to the boat. Okay. All right, so I am going to need a skill check for your singing. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking... Can I avoid it if I actually sing? No. <laughs> if I just come no. to you. Because I know Emily can sing. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, hold on. I might have something. Failing, coming up with something better, I believe I'm going to ask for aptitude. I could, I could do that. Um, I think that's where performance kind of stuff. Yeah, because it would be craft perform. And is that modified by aptitude? Craft mm. perform. Yep. Ooh, ballsy move there, girly. I don't want it to kill Mel. I rolled a 10. Well, you know where Mel is going to be going in a little bit. Yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's a problem for then. <laughs> okay. Um, you're running like crazy. And after you get a little ways away, you start singing. What are you singing? So I have Spanish as a language. I'm going to sing a Spanish folk song. Very kind of swoony cantina vibes, but light. Uh, I like it. Take an adrenaline point for from thinking of that and that connection. Yay. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I would just be straight up with you. We're about to get into a uh, you know, vigilance order, so I'm giving everybody a chance to say they're doing something before we get to that. So, Pucka. I am coming down and following her. Okay. So, Mel, unbeknownst to you, your team is running away from you. Yeah. But apparently for a good reason. We'll see how it goes. Um, what are you doing? Um... I think I'm just still cutting away at the roots. All right, give me a luck roll. If you succeed the luck roll, you have gotten through the root and, and she can get out. If you fail the luck roll, then the first round of Vig Order combat is going to be what you need to finish cutting through. 
Okay, this is the first luck roll I've done all night. Woo! Um, I think I haven't even chosen one. I think I'm gonna choose odd. No. Um. No, I'm gonna choose even. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're get you're cutting through there. Um, you're trying to you know cut through it quickly but also remain stealthful but then you hear the music out there stop her eyes get huge like run it's coming i'll be okay and you know you've got to pick up the pace so that will be your round in in combat so we are entering big order and Um, needless to say, the thing will be going first. Yeah. So, when the the music stops, it turns and quickly looks back towards where Maria is. But I think you didn't try sneak when you started running, and you didn't either. So I was going to see if I needed to do a vigilance roll compared against your sneak, but you aren't. Nope. So he turns to look towards Maria and then sees you guys running as well. <clears throat> you said you were about 40 yards away to plant the thing. You guys have been running. So I'm going to say there's probably 50 or 60 yards between you. And the the creature looks your way and this, you know, you can't help it. But look back over your shoulder to see, is the singing working or anything? Right? And you look and you see this face and the eyes that are glowing red glow even stronger red. And it makes this billowing noise as it lifts these swampy arms up. And this this look just comes over him like you'd swear he was concentrating on something. And the road that you're on and the swamp around it just kind of terraforms in front of you to this like brambly patch of thorns and thicket that you are going to run straight into if you don't do something and that's its turn which makes it Mel's turn. You'll spend your entire turn cutting her free, but she is now free. That's your action I'll give you and Maria movement. Okay, then we're going to sneak out and head towards... Do I hear the commotion going on at this point? I think probably when the creature did that weird guttural wet roar... Yeah. Um, that that you hear and you know when her eyes got big when the music stopped the, if it was possible for them to get bigger they just got bigger because she knows that sound mm -hmm. okay we're gonna sneak out 
and kind of like take the long way around towards just so that we can get a better eye before we approach. Okay, so make me a sneak roll and... Dirty one. Uh, it doesn't really matter what she would have rolled. So <laughs> let's just say in your haste, you're stepping on twigs that you would have avoided um, on your way in. Your focus was better. And at this point, it's twigs snapping and water sloshing. And you realize you have not been stealthy. So you probably just give up on that. And now it's just about speed. Yep. Okay. So you're moving back in a slightly circuitous route back to the oak tree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes it Atlas's turn. Okay. So the brambles in front of me, um, is it like wide or is it just, you know, a couple feet across like the road width? Or is it something I can like run to one side and get around? Or is it something I'm going to have to probably climb? You could get around it. Okay. Um, it, just the earth and stuff around just reform to make an immediate blockage to you. You go around, you're going to be going through swamp instead of the road. Through. Right. Brushes and reeds and all that stuff. So. Um... I I guess how tall is it? Could I climb it? <laughs> yeah, it's not that tall. It's uh I don't know, maybe eight or ten feet. It was it served its purpose, it stopped you from running. So if you'd like to try to climb over it, I'll allow. Yeah, I'd like to try to climb over it. Um, I can use athletics, stunt, uh, stunt. Okay. And your speed is going to be halved. Your normal speed is 20, 30, 30. Okay. So you can get to the top of the wall and jump over the other side if you wanted. It's a cock die. Hold on. Uh, 14 to climb it. Yeah, um, the the brambles tear at your clothing. Uh, there's probably some scratches on your arm, no hit point loss or anything, but it is rough sledding. Right. Um, but you're able to get up to the top of it. You're at the top. You've got about five feet of movement left. I'll let you use that to jump down to the other side. If you wanted to climb down to the other side, you're only going to make it part of the way down. No, I'm going to jump down. Okay. So, Paka. For future reference, the drumsticks uh, vigilance is an eight. I will also be climbing. Anything to roll a stunt roll. Oh, I have something completely epic in mind. I hope you do. <laughs> do it. That's a 23. Yeah. You scramble up there. So I'm going to say. What, what was your movement, right? 30? 30. Okay. So 
I took 20 of it to go the 10 feet up. And I'm going to stand on top of the brambles. Okay. And I'm going to look over my shoulder and I'm going to say, Drumsticks, you know the trick you do where you make people's voices? I want you to go on the other side of the thing and make the voice Atlas just made. Basically telling him to go on the other side of the thing and sing. The other side of this wall of brambles or no, the other side of the... The swamp monster. Swamp. Okay. Gotcha. Confusing. Yeah, um, all right, so that was your movement, free action of talking. Do you have any action you want to do? What range is he at? He is, I think I said about 50, 75 yards, so mm -hmm. let's call it 60 yards. Nope. Okay. Um, then on his turn, drumstick takes off from your shoulder and starts flying across to the other side. His move is 20. Okay. Um, seems slow for a bird. Right. Um, it's a parrot, though. Still. They're not like superfluous flyers. Yeah. Um, and and it also, understand those movements are really tracked for in combat, right? In five seconds. Yeah. True. So. Um, cool. All, All right. right. He's going to sprint and add an extra 10. Okay. Right. So he can only fly 20 feet, but he can sprint. <laughs> <laughs> now he's on 30 feet. Woo! It's a crazy bird. There you go. <laughs> All right. So we're back at the top of the round. And the creature um, is going to just start moving towards you guys. Uh, he's got a movement of 40 feet, which is essentially 15 yards. So he's closed the distance from about 50 or 60 to about 45 yards, which makes it Mel's turn. We're just going to keep on going to the oak tree, sprinting. Um... Do we see it yet? Um, yes, you see um, somewhere ab about in between where, you know, Atlas went to go put the device and the oak tree that this creature is moving towards your friends, which you can see down the road, but something <laughs> is blocking the road. And there's Pucka standing on top of it. I retcon, you do not see Atlas, but you see Pucka on top of this huge pile of brambles, and you see this creature moving towards it. This creature, which you had not seen before, mm -hmm. with this disgusting, made of the swamp, not necessarily in the swamp, and his horns and his gaping mouth with teeth and the red eyes and I need you to make me a resolve roll please okay do we essentially to move the boat I had to spend some resolve but was there enough like rest time in the boat traveling? absolutely yeah 
Perfect. Then never mind. A one. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, uh, at this point, whether it's the shark monstrosity or the fear in the girl's eyes that just told you there was going to be something bad, you you were mentally braced for it. And when you see that thing, you're like, oh, that's bad, but uh, we got this. So, yeah. So you got movement, you got action. What would you like to do? And I know the boat is on the other side of this bramble, right? Yeah, you got to go, I don't know, probably a quarter mile past the bramble and then through a little bit of swamp to get to where the boat was tied up. Okay. Remember, you all tied up the boat and then had to like kind of wade to the road. Then I'm going to go around the bramble in such a way that the side of his blind spot, like if he's clearly turning one way or the other focused on Pucka, then I'm going to do the other way with Maria. Does that make sense? It does. Make a sneak roll with uh, best of two. Uh, that's going to be an 18. Okay, yeah. You feel like he has no idea that you are there, and um, you are now probably up near the oak tree. So I mean, we've got a kind of a triangulation going here, right? The creature is about 45 yards from the brambles and where Pucka is standing, and you're probably about 45 yards perpendicular to him so draw a right triangle with the creature being at the 90 degree angle <laughs> you're mm -hmm. 45 yards one way they're 45 yards the other way so mm -hmm. any action you would like to take no i'm liking going unnoticed right about now fair <laughs> Take a you know, take a adrenaline point for for being this close. Where like peripheral vision says if he's got good ones, he probably see you, but he's not. You're you're killing it. So that makes it Atlas's turn. Pucka stands on the wall. Above you you crawled over and you could hear him coming up over it too and you expected that you'd hear the thump of him jumping down on this side too and it didn't happen and you look back up and he stands there with his back to you facing the this grotesqueness of a swamp thing. Mm. What do you do? Well I'm fairly certain I can't uh, discern where Mel is because she's no. hidden. She's doing a great job. Well, she's not trying to hide from you. There is this big wall of brambles. That's true. <laughs> you know that is a thing. That is a thing. <coughs> um, so, I... I don't know what else to do besides run. I don't think I can fight this thing. Um... I think I'm going to try to <laughs> bear with me. I'm going to go old school and pull out my torch that I have in my smuggler's kit and light it as I'm as I'm going. 
We're just going old school monster, you know. You got to have a torch, torch and a pitchfork. If somebody has a pitchfork, it would be helpful. But he's made a swamp. Uh, it's probably a little flammable. He might be swamp gas filled. He might be. It's the only <laughs> thing I've got. Because I'm really thinking crossbow bolts, not going to do much. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but, yeah. Um, I, I'll let you light uh, Torch as a uh, blitz action. So you still got action. You still got movement. Or you said you were going to keep running? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. Okay. Yeah. So full movement. Or if you wanted to use your sprint, that would be a blitz action, in which case you couldn't light the torch. No, so you're I just going to do your regular full movement yeah. and light a torch. Correct. Okay. All right. That makes it Pucka's turn. You're standing on top of a brambles and 45 yards in closing is this swamp fiend. So Pucka draws both cutlasses and clatters them in the air and says, It's over, Swampakin. I have to high ground. I fucking can't with you. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, free action, something you can say within five seconds. So, um, would you like to see if it had an effect on him? Sure, you want me to roll a threaten? <laughs> yes. <coughs> 17 wait 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 wait. 18 I was looking at tinker not threatened 18 so that one would go against is into well I'll be damned um, your display slows him as he's Dives like nobody's ever stood up to him before. And he slows down for a second, maybe even comes to a full stop and roars. But you slowed him. Awesome. 18, his into is a 14. And <laughs> son of a bitch, he just threatened to swamp thing. <laughs> How about that shit? Okay. Um, any actions? Just gonna wait. Okay. You're gonna jump on a swamp creature, right? I'm like <laughs> a shark, aren't you? <laughs> That's the plan. Okay. Um, cool. That makes it Drumstick's turn. He's gonna fly and sprint. And I'm gonna say at this point, he's past the guy, but just past. He probably need another turn if you want him like. On the other side of him, but but if you would like him to go ahead and start, I think I would like him to go ahead and start because the thing will be probably on his turn moving a little further. And if okay, is it close enough that he could reach up 10 feet and grab him out of the air right now? Mm, no, so turning him around is a win, so he'll start. Okay, yeah, so he uh. You want me to roll the perform? Yes. When you do, when using you... using drumstick stats. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was just reading up on the threaten. Um, when you succeed to on a threaten attack, the target takes one d four of duress damage. Nice. Would you like to roll the one d four? Sure. Sorry, because I have a thing that also gives me an additional like d six oh, or d eight. <laughs> 
It's a one. I want to make it. I want to make it faint. <laughs> we didn't kill him. <laughs> we just fainted him. <laughs> no, I'm glad he you, got the vapors. You, you read that. That's good stuff. So his perform is a plus three. And I rolled an 11 high, so a 14. Okay. So from the mouth of your parrot drumsticks, you would swear you were hearing Atlas's voice singing some Spanish melody, <coughs> um, repeating her words exactly, but only like four of them. And then he keeps repeating like just, four words of the song. It's like a record that's skipping. De colores. Right? De colores. <laughs> and he just keeps doing that over and over. And we'll know when we get to the, uh, uh, well, I was going to say, when we get to the swamp things turn, but guess what? It's that's there. the neat part. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the neat thing. We don't. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that as an into roll, too. So, his perform was a what? Uh, 14. Hold on. I didn't add the charisma modifier to it, did I? No, but this is an animal thing, so that's already added into that, so a 14. Okay, um, so... He, so I kind of did that as a contested role, drumsticks performance versus this guy's into. And uh, it was close enough that this guy stops and turns quickly. Uh, and about that time, the four-word repetition starts and he shrugs it off, turns back to you. He moves uh, essentially another 15 yards, so he's about 30 yards away now. And you see that flaring of his eyes happen again. And the mound of brambles that you're on just starts to turn to mush and mud and slip down into the level ground. And you're now standing back on the uh, dirt road, which is now considerably mushier than it was before. Uh, probably the thing can now see you hauling butt, butt down the road. Um, <coughs> and that is his turn, is it is taking this opportunity to do a little terrain shifting. Okay. Which makes it Mel's turn. So where we had a right triangle before, that angle's a little obtuse now because he has moved forward. So um, you are a little bit behind him. You can see what just happened with the brambles. Is apparently this creature did some kind of magic-y stuff, and that wall of brambles just disintegrated back down into the swamps. What you and Maria doing? 
Um, I'm going to hope I'm smart enough to pick out that that was not Alice's real voice. It was the parrot's. Um, but I will understand if you make me roll for it. No, uh, I think for a couple of reasons. You were headed that way, so you saw the bird going that mm -hmm. way. And then the... Yeah. Repetition. Yep. yep. Thanks. Cool. Then Words. we're just going to keep traveling in his blind spot trying to make it well now the bramble's not in the way so now we're just concerned with staying in his blind spot and okay. getting to the boat so you're gonna stay a little bit behind him but kind of pacing with him so that the whole peripheral vision thing is out of the question yeah but kind of off to his side and slightly back mm -hmm, because i doubt we can go faster than him so okay we're just what is your movement uh, 20 and then 10 sprint. Okay. Yeah. So you are keeping pace with him. Cool. Which makes it Atlas's turn. Are you still singing? Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think I'm going to stop now. I have sufficiently kept him from going back to where Mel is, which is my main goal. I don't know where she is currently, but I didn't want him to go back to where she was going. So I am going to turn around to see, you know, the ground shift back in um, and see, you know, that uh, Pucka is now standing his ground much less well, high. Well, get to his turn, I may ask him for a reflex roll That's to fair. see if he's actually standing his ground. But he no longer has the high ground. <laughs> Swampakin has the high ground now. So I am going to turn around with my torch and I am going to, I want to attempt to threaten him. Okay. <laughs> well, because I do 1d6 duress because of my, I'm having it intimidating with my level up thing. So I get to be more threatening if I succeed in it. Um, I, I want to do the very like angry villager, you know. Okay, so waiting. you took a, a full movement and a sprint. Which puts you 30 feet, right? No. I only took the full movement, which was 30 feet. And then, right, so that's 15 yards. So 45 yards away. The reason I'm calculating this is I'm trying to figure out how threatening it could be based on the distance. But 45 feet, not all that much. So I'm not going to impose any penalties. You can make your threat and roll. Okay, so I am at a plus two for threatening. It's actually more than because it was 30 yards plus 30 feet, but it was about 40 yards, but okay. Um, oh, so the rule on threaten is, is you have to declare a target within 30 feet of your character to make a threatened attack. Okay. So, so I will move. You want to aim your threat? <laughs> I will move back to where um, okay. he is. Yeah. Um, so that's going to require just the movement, right? You still have an action if you'd like to try to use it. Can uh, I light a crossbow bolt on fire? Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. You would have had to prepare them with like... Something that burns. I'm with you. But then, yeah, I will stand there. And hold the ground with. Pucka. You can throw a torch, um, and it is just a ranged attack. Yes, but it's the only torch I have. Hmm. 
Okay. So that's going to make it Puck's turn. Give me a reflex roll. Fifteen. Eighteen. Stuck the landing. He's going to look over and say, What are you doing? I can outrun him. You can't. And he's going to sheath one of the cutlasses. Pull his pistol and take a shot. Do it. Do it. I take offense in the back. You gonna take a blitz action to aim? I last time I sheathed and pulled. That's right. That was a blitz. blitz, So uh, no. Fuck. Fuck. Thirteen. Okay, you're. The sound of your gun splits the air because all the animals had gone quiet when this thing came up. The artifact stopped playing. It's been pretty freaking quiet here except for the singing of Atlas and the mocking of drumsticks. And so this sound just blasts through there splitting the quiet relative quietness and your bullet slams into his shoulder roll damage nice i mean he is massive he's a pretty big target yeah i was surprised when i looked over his reflex roll about to tell john you miss what's on the movie that is a four on the damage, and one thing I neglected in the last encounter, I took Impressive Flourish as a level one ability, and I apparently had some nice fluidity on the draw and shot, and when I hit a target with a melee or ranged roll, the target receives one duress in addition to any damage. Nice. And what was the damage? Four. Nice shot. Anything else from you? That'll be all for now. Okay, and what will Drumstick be doing? I imagine he will still be singing for right now, and eventually we'll give it up and fly back when he gets tired. Okay, cool. All right, so this... Creature is about 30 yards from you, and it is going from both of you now, um, about 45 yards perpendicular ish from Mel, but unaware of her being there. You're not really trying to sneak too much now, but his attention is drawn. So his movement is 40, which is. 15. 15 yards. Right. So he has cut the distance in half and he 
as he's walking, he's got these big, long arms. And as he's getting closer to you, one arm with these claws that are more thorns and sticks than, than flesh reaches down into the swamp and just sucks up. There's this sucking sound. as this big clump of muddy muck comes up and he throws it at you. I guess the flame had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, that was just so threatening. So he's making a ranged attack. Your reflex, please. 14. This ball of muck sticks sticking out of it maybe even a little eel <laughs> but it just comes flying through the air and slams into you doing six points of damage that goes down to four because of my armor thank god for that purchase But you can kind of tell that that effort slowed him down or is going to slow him. He's not going to be able to move as much next round Mm. because of doing that. You can just tell it's interrupted his momentum. He's so big. Yeah. So that makes it Mel's turn. Shots have been fired. But he started. (laughs) Um. She's going to turn to Maria and go half a mile, a quarter of a mile? How far? About a quarter of a mile. A quarter mile in that direction, there's a boat. You get to it and you stay there. If we are not back there, in five minutes you sail off. I know you know how to sail with your father. So you go. She's trembling, but she gives you a little nod and starts wading through the the swamp to kind of circle around to get behind where Atlas and Pekka are. And she's moving that way. Okay. And then with my movement, I'm going to start heading back in the other direction to be directly behind him um, in 20 feet that direction. And then I'm going to shoot with my rifle. Okay, first do me a favor and give me a stealth roll for Maria. No modifiers. Seems it's fair. It's not fair to make Can Hannah. Can you roll. do it? I, I'll be glad to if you want me to. But are you saying that yeah, because you already rolled poorly? <laughs> okay. Yeah. The answer is no, I can't. It was a six. Okay. Um, Maria is just moving as fast as she can. She's not trying to be stealthy. And at that point, you're like, I wish I had told her, go, Maria, go. And so she is she is going that way. No indication yet whether or not the, uh, the creature has noticed. You guys were a little bit behind him anyway, so. Yeah, I'm hoping with two people firing at it. He'll be busy. He won't care. Yeah. So, yeah. Then I am going to fire and use my blitz action to aim. And that gives me a plus one, correct? Yes. 
12. That's with the plus one? Yes. Just misses. He's a 13. (laughs) Your shot uh, skims by him. Um, Probably he felt the air. And uh, maybe even a little twitch to look over in your direction. He now knows you're there. Okay. If nothing else, it will distract him from Maria, and that's all I can really... There is a chance that because his head got drawn that way towards your shot, that he also... We said the other way. <laughs> ...just saw Maria. <laughs> this so. way. <laughs> so that... Uh, any any movement? Um, I already did it to go behind him. Oh, okay. Instead of okay, the, like, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Me. Then there is a chance he didn't see Maria. I I still had you in my mind over in there. That you're right. You were behind him. Took a shot, missed him. Um, mm-hmm. cool. That makes it Atlas's turn. Okay, so now that I've seen Mel, where she came from and where she's at now, I want to rotate in almost like a circle like the radius of him so that i'm on the opposite side of him of where mel and maria were basically so if he's looking at me his back would be to where they were and i'm going to um take a shot with my crossbow and use my blitz action to aim so if you're going to circle around then you're all right so imagine there's this line Mm mm-hmm at one point is you and Puck. Mm-hmm. In the middle is the creature, mm-hmm. and behind him is Mel. Mm-hmm. And the creature is about 15 yards from y'all. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the movement to get all the way around behind him, but you can get to the, kind of out on the yeah. side. So now you guys are kind of coming at him from three. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. That's your movement. Give me your... Uh... So I get a plus one for aiming, and that put the ranged. Fuck. Nate. I really suck at this game. <laughs> so your shot goes goes wide, but now he, you can see that he his his head is like trying to absorb all the different places shit is coming from. Good. That makes it Pucka's turn. He is now that he has his Weapon readied, he is going to fire off two shots using his blitz attack. His attack and his blitz attack. You're going home. <laughs> You're done. You're good, though. So I got one 23 and one 8. 23 hits. So that is a two plus the one duress. Does is that the one that's got the the penetrating effect? I don't believe so because it's What's a twenty-two short hemorrhage. Hemorrhage. Well. It does have hemorrhage. So he needs to make a what roll or be bleeding? Health roll or be bleeding. Yeah. Um, he made it. Okay. Currently has more than 20 hit points. Can't awesome. Fail, can't fail a health roll. 
Anything else? Nope. Okay. Drumstick. Do uh, you want him flying back towards you now or continue to be squawking? I imagine by now he's probably flying back towards it. Okay. It'll he's a parrot. Him. He doesn't have like huge It'll stamina. It'll take him two rounds to get to your shoulder. Okay. All right. So beginning of the new round, the creature's movement is halved because of the attack that he just made. So he can only move 20 feet. So he can get about halfway to you because yeah um and with his other hand he's gonna reach down and scoop up and toss another muck bomb this time it's you what's your reflex 14 that's a nat one um as as he reaches down to scoop some up. He actually gets caught on a root or something and is having a hard time even bringing his hand up, which is going to effectively uh, kill his ability to do any action. And I'll give him a luck roll at the beginning of next year, see if next turn to see if he uh, freed himself. Okay. Mel. Um. I'm going to fire again and use Blitz Action to aim. Okay. Natural 20. Okay. Okay, and then the damage is going to be 5. Is there a... What is the crit rules? I've never crit. On a critical success with a ranged attack, the player rolls double the dice for weapon damage. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you either double the the number you've already come up with or roll a new set of dice to add to it. Okay. Here's the thing. The smart thing would be to keep that five and just double it. Mel the gambler wants to roll again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, however you want to do it. But, you know, this is eight. Eight. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Do you have any modifiers to that? No. It's a 13 damage. Nice. Does that one Is have hemorrhage? 20 now? Yes. Does that one have uh, hemorrhage? It does. So Let me check. I'm pretty damn sure. You could, you could actually. Yep. So I just roll below health, or above his health. Your, uh, your bullet blasts into him chunks of mud and viscera and swampiness just kind of blast into the air and he it slams him and, and twists his body a little bit as he turns and, and and looks at you and just arches his strange swampy head into the air and lets out a guttural howl Do you have any movement you'd like to do? Nope. I I like this whole peace symbol we have made up. <laughs> All right. All right. That makes it Atlas's turn. 
All right, I am going to take a shot with my crossbow. Um, I am going to use my adrenaline point to do best of two. Because I would really like to just hit one thing today. God! I rolled a two and a six. <laughs> I hit nothing. Do you got seven points worth of modifier? No. I didn't realize when we were doing skill points that I could put skills into melee, um, so I didn't... <laughs> Oh, no. I didn't realize it was a skill skill. I, I looked at it and I thought it was a conscious decision because you were a smuggler and then you put it yep. into all those other things. I'm just dumb. <laughs> all right. Straight uh, any, up stupid. Any movement or blitz action? Did you use blitz action for aim I there? did not. Um, I can make another crossbow shot but with that blitz. That one is worst of worst Worst of two. Of two. It's worth a shot. I mean, <laughs> Now roll 18 and a 5. <laughs> sure. All right, that makes it Pucka's turn. I hate it here. So because we're doing theatrical, the movement and action are combined and happen simultaneously. Does that mean I could take a regular action, move, and then blitz action? I'll let you do it in any order you want. Awesome. Theatrical. The more theatrical, the better. <coughs> and you know John loves theatrics. He, Pucka is going to pop off one more shot, which is a 15. <coughs> damage one plus the one duress. And he throws his, I almost said scimitar. <laughs> he throws his cutlass into the air and he yells, Stand and deliver, I'm coming for ye. And uh, Real quick, how much damage did he take? One. Did he have image on that one? Yes. And, and one duress. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt your theatrics. <clears throat> it's okay. And he <clears throat> takes off. Uses his movement to get to the creature and attacks with his cutlass with his blitz action. And the cutlass has a blitz action because it's the cutlass. Yeah. Yeah, because you to make a second attack as a blitz action, it has to be specific. Blitz. Yeah. That is also a fifteen. And that one, I add the aptitude to 1d6. Eight plus one duress. Well done. The bird is flying back. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. Did we decide if the hemorrhage damage is stack? I would think it wouldn't, but... I, I think you can only get be bleeding once. Okay, I was just wondering. Because yeah. his has it too. Um, I would say the, the duress effect of it could still happen. I don't know. 
We'll deal with what, it. Never mind. I was going to ask, what's his resolve at now? But it would be... Uh, More than mine. Yeah. More than yours. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's not really that far of a stretch for anything. That makes it his turn. So luck roll to see if he frees his one arm. Um, you see him jerk his hand up and his arm comes back out of the water. You are now standing right next to him. So he is going to, the momentum, that, the effort he had to have to pull his arm free of whatever root it got stuck on, race away in the air, and he just lets that momentum continue and just does a slamming pound action towards you. Reflexes. 14. We got a six there. Let's see what he gets. Wow. He's only plus one on my thing. Good. Uh, and his arm comes slamming down on the on the ground right next to you. I mean, you can feel the tremor. It probably rattles all the way up into your teeth. But it missed you. Like a sidesteps in a sp- Spin move. Yeah. And um, not going to do any movement. So, uh, yeah. That's it for his turn. That makes it Mel's turn. Okay. This is kind of a stretch. And I will let you... Put any caveats you want on. I this. just deal that with John. You know, I mean, how bad can you stretch? <laughs> I want to cast water as life on this creature. What this does <sighs> is, um, I can basically either draw moisture out of something or convert blood into water and pull it out. Now, the blood to water is more of my blood. But I can understand that if I am trying to pull a life force out of something, it's also going to affect me. So I'm okay taking the HP hit if that's the way you want. But I'll read what's in the book and you let me know which way you want to take this. Okay. Um, Water is life. You prick your finger and turn your blood and and life force into potable water. As an action, you can expend up to 4 HP and magically convert your blood into one cup of water per HP expended. Alternatively, you can expend one res and remove moisture. You can absorb up to one quart of, mo- uh, one quart of moisture. If you're removing moisture from a firearm, you can remove a wear token. So it does state that I can do it from items. Yeah, I will but... let you remove moisture from him um mm-hmm. i don't think you well, the blood thing was really about you um yeah yeah so. i think it's more of like the pulling moisture out. i of think something. you'd feel like based on his constituency <laughs> that moisture is a pretty critical part there so That's i like where you're I'm going thinking. with this um if you didn't already have a point of adrenaline i'd give you another one but I'm not sure it's limited. Max four. Max four. Have another point of adrenaline. You can take another point, and you can take another point. There were times I would have given it to you guys, but I thought I was limited to one. So that was a, a brilliant idea, Hannah. So how many resolve points are you going to? Now, this creature 
His build is 26, so he's pretty big. Okay, so, you so know, like I, taking a cup of moisture out of him, probably like he broke a sweat. So Yeah, hi. so the way I'm reading this is one res point per quart. And the human body, like a 200-pound male, has six quarts in him. So I want to take at least that. To be fair, my human body has a 10 build. So he's about twice as big, but I mean, still that's, that would be nearly half of his fluid density. Yeah, assuming this is a right a reasonable um, analogy equation to make here. But I, I like where you're going with this, so I'm, I'm just wondering how much resolve you have to spend. I have 13 to spend. I'm <laughs> close to using it all. That's right, you didn't get scared by that damn shark, did you? Uh-uh. How did she have so much to begin with? Jeez. <laughs> because while you guys have, like, strength and shit, I just have willpower, and that's it. I don't have like, Everything else is... All right, so you want to remove six quarts of water, or are you going more? Tell me what you're doing here. I'm going ten. Ten quarts. Two Ten and a quarts. half gallons of moisture is going to be sucked out of this thing. Yes. The equivalent of one and three quarters of, of a man's worth of moisture. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Um, no rolls required. This is just you do your thing. Yeah. Now, so, does, this does this moisture draw into you? I just pull it out. Okay. So she is just going to like plant her feet in the mud. Like I imagine her rifles like on a like a strap, so she just like lets it fall. And she reaches out to the creature, grabs every droplet of water in it, and just pulls at it. And you could see the like droplets hanging on by water tension, just pulling off of his skin and his wood. Bloodbending. Yeah. And then it like comes towards her before splattering into the marshland. Yeah, that is uh, epic. Now, um, that absolutely has to hurt this guy, right? Especially since the way I described he rose up out of and he was essentially not in the swamp, but of the swamp. So, yeah, there's going to be an effect here. I have to decide what kind of effect that is. So, I think... With that, I would even... Go ahead. I would even be happy with lower reflexes because he's all dried out. So if you don't even want it to be damaged. I'm giving you options yeah, here. I'm know, happy like with it. anything. You let me do it. <laughs> I think it's absolutely got to be life force and health form. Um, Kill it. I think what I'm going to do is you did 10, huh? I'm going to let you roll a D10 plus 5. Oh. For the effort. However, I'm going to tell you this. He's of the swamp and he's in the swamp. 
So I feel like he could recover this relatively easily with like an action, maybe the type of action he was using to terraform the swamp that he could terraform it back Mm -hmm. into him, but he'd have to do that on his turn. So I'm going to let, so I'm just going to let you know, I think there's a regen, if I'm going to allow this, I think there's also a regenerative piece of this that he has so yeah i understand the water i pulled is like at his feet so like <laughs> so i'm gonna let you roll a d10 because you spent 10 points but i think it would suck to roll a one after pulling this and that's why i'm gonna say it would suck <laughs> suck the water right out of you <laughs> yeah you know what uh, instead of a d10 no do a d6 plus five so you're gonna have between six and eleven here that seems reasonable. I think so too. Where's my D six? How it's the most common dice there it's is. It's literally the poster child of dice. <laughs> you look up dice in the dictionary. Picture There's no twelve sided there. No. Nobody even likes twelve sided. My guy. Go find I your know, copy like, of Monopoly. The one dice I should have. Roll a twelve sided. I was just about to say that. Uh and then I'll half it. Don't fuck it. Okay, five, so half, so two, three, two. Two plus five, is that what it was? Yep. Yeah, seven points. Seven points of damage. Wait, it would one, one two, and two, two or three and four, four, five and six, so it would be three, it would right? Be three. Because technically it's not half. Yeah. Right. Eight points of damage. My dude over here. With the maths. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, that was a beautiful description of, of your actions and, and what it looked like coming out of, uh, out of him. Let me tell you what he looks like after this happens. He seems to shrivel and shrink in on himself. Almost like he's <coughs> like a couple feet shorter and skinnier i mean just like drawn in and more brittle looking and he doesn't like it at all and he's you could tell that when it gets to be his turn he's probably turning all this focus to you as he should let him come at me come at me bruh All right, that makes it Atlas's turn. Unless you had movement you wanted to do. No, I'm good. I want to run up and stab him with my torch. Now that he's all dried out and brittle. Oh, okay. Wow. (laughs) All right, give me a melee attack with the torch. Improvised weapons only do one point of damage. There is no damage roll for them, but I'll have to make some allowances for certain. There are flanking rules in this game, and you would get it because I am within five feet of him. Yes, and what is the flanking rule? Before I roll this dice. <laughs> Hold on. I had it a minute ago. You can use a blitz action. You can aim on melee attacks, by the way. You can use the blitz action. I will be aim. doing that um, so that I'm at a... Plus one melee for my flanking. Plus, so that puts me at plus three. Okay. 
18, so 21. You jab your flaming torch right into him. Well, he's still moist because <laughs> he's a swamp thing. There's definite crunchiness on the outside now from the recent loss of a considerable amount of water. So um, the improvised weapon does uh, one point of damage. Um but I think I will give you a luck roll to see if there was any uh, incendiary effect. I didn't get it. Okay. So, yeah, the... the the exterior part of him starts to smolder and like like burn but it only burns a little ways till it gets more towards the center of him where it is more moist moister more moist moisture. i'm not sure moist it's damp it's damp as hell in there <laughs> and uh, it just kind of fizzles out but a <laughs> great idea and the teamwork on those two <coughs> actions was pretty freaking cool that is, did you have any, you used your movement to go up to him, right? And then you stabbed him. Um, I did. Um, so you used a movement, you used an action, you used a blitz action. Because you aimed your yeah. torch. But you're steadily looking over there like you got something else you want to do. No, I was seeing if my adrenaline points could be used to redo luck rolls, but they can't. Alas and alack. Alas. No, I'm done. All right, Pucka. So if, time for the Pucka factor. And I'm starting in on it, too, because if I just drop my pistol, could I pull my other cutlass without losing my blitz action? I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Rule of cool. <laughs> right. So he's going to just toss his pistol at the nearest dry hump. <laughs> not the moist humps. <laughs> no. We don't the want dry the, humps. It's not good for pistols. Catch you. <laughs> so, <laughs> and pull his cutlass, and he's just going to start, like, think blinking and Robin Hood men in tights. <laughs> okay. Or no, that was Will Scarlet, wasn't it? Matters not. Yeah. <laughs> so, a natural 20. <laughs> And a 13 plus 5, 18. So, refresh me on the rules of using dual wielding. Was like the second attack a worse of Crap, two? yeah. Because it's not a small Didn't weapon. You have, oh, yeah, because it's not a small It's still a 16. Okay, so both hit. Like. Both hit. I got a six plus aptitude on one, and I got a two plus aptitude, so I'm up to 12, and then an extra damage roll, even though I should probably the just double the six. six, but. It's still solid. Another six, so 18 damage points. Crushing it. Okay, so 
Mel just this weird mumbo jumbo thing and sucks water out of this thing and it shrinks to about 75% of its normal size, lets out a howl. Atlas shoves a burning torch into him and he reflexively pulls away from it and just sets himself up beautifully for this dual-wielding cutlass attack. Tell me what goes through your mind as this swamp fiend crumbles to the ground dead. So Pucka sees him start to crumble, and he does that thing where you cross your swords around the neck and tries to do that, but since it's wood, it doesn't actually do it all the way, and he's immediately disappointed. She never crossed swords. That's the problem. <laughs> this creature falls into the muck, and it's a shallow enough area that, that most of his body is above the, the water line. And you see as he just starts to kind of melt down into the water, like whatever made up him is coming apart and going back to the things it was. You know, as you watch the water and, and as he melts, like you see pieces of him just kind of melt into a leaf that's floating off onto the current or a twig that, that just kind of twitches and a clump of muck that, that sinks to the bottom. And as it's sinking down, it kind of breaks up from this clawed shape into silty shape and goes down to the bottom. You have defeated the swamp fiend. And I did one point of damage. <laughs> Is that how much you did? One! <laughs> With well, a torch! <laughs> it was all part of a, that round where all three of you hit. It was cinematically in my head. It was like, that was some badass shit. That could have worked out a lot better but a lot with worse. some luck, but it was a solid, solid plan. How many points did he have before John did his crossy thing? I just I need to know. Um, so he started off with thirty-seven hit points. Um, he had seven left before John did his. About halfway through, about the time when you said, "Well, now is he under 20? and I said, "Yes," it was about the time that I realized that. Um, he has a passive ability called Senseless. The Swamp Fiend receives half damage from firearms and cannot suffer the bleeding condition. So I jacked a few more points back into him to make up for the times that I had not halved the firearm damage. So he went, and then, but then you guys killed him. So you guys pick yourselves up out of the muck and the mire and make your way back to the boat. There's Maria sitting in the boat, shaking, wet, scared. I'll give you guys a, a scene with Maria before we wrap this up, if you'd like. Go on. It's your sister. Hey, uh... Me and your dad were very close. Uh, 
I, I will do my best to help you. I'm sure that's what he would have wanted. Would have wanted. He he recently, very recently passed. That is why we are here and not him. He, in the very end, made his wishes known, and we came to see if we could fulfill his final wish to have you free. And we are now having fulfilled it. We would like to get you someplace safe, and we can try to help you. See, start softly, crying, weeping, this shuddery kind of crying. Um, and, and after a couple of minutes, she looks up and she looks up at Mel and says, "He never gave up on me. Never." So I'm not going to ask what comes of Mel and Atlas and Pucka because that's what you ask when you're never going to play with these characters again. And I'm going to leave that open because I really enjoyed this. So who knows what might happen with the three of these As later the closing on. scene. Go for it. Pucka is going to pat Marie on the back say, Dare, dare. It's okay. You can... Come with us when we go to kill the man who killed our father. I'm going to tap her father's cutlass and look at Pucka. And then that's it. Just a gentle nod. Mel, any last scenes as the camera cuts to you? She's going to pull out her sketchbook and rip out a page. I hand it to Maria, and it's a portrait of the captain. Oh. <laughs> nice. So the camera kind of zooms in on, on the portrait of the captain and then starts to fade to black, and then it, uh, what's the opposite of fade to black? It uh, <laughs> comes back into focus, and we're in a, in a, in a pub that must be in, in Augustine and Joseph sitting at a big table with a lot of beers and steins of ale and hooting and hollering and sea shanties going around as he leans over across the table and looks at him and says, and that's the story of the good captain's death and right before he fell to those brigands he laid upon me the ownership of the Sin Maria. And see. See. That was fun, Steve. That was so fun. I had fun with that. That uh, went a little longer. <laughs> Just edit the fuck out of that. <laughs> Just take out all the bullshit. Yeah, I didn't think the joke about having six hours of time on the SD card was going to come into play, but I was about 30 minutes from having to cut you off. I'm like, okay. Wrap it up. <laughs> Dude, the best part of this whole thing, like legitimately, like we live in Georgia. Right. And it's yeah. so cool because you never get to play games that are about where you, like you are from. And that's what I really love about their games is all over America. Like, and I know not everybody's from America. I'm not that self-centered. But like to get to play in areas that I have been to, Louisiana and the Carolinas and Florida, and it's so cool. And we have so much knowledge of Georgia that you can weave in 
cool things that we know and it makes it so much more immersive and it's so cool. I absolutely mm. love that about this particular game. Like, I love it. Absolutely. Adore it. Sorry. I just had to say it. Because it's such a cool feature that they've blast. made this that was a lot of fun. game into. The more we play it, the more I love the system. Oh, right? yeah. <coughs> with, the, with the simplicity as far as attacks. Yeah, you've got a melee attack and a modifier for it. You've got a ranged attack and a modifier for it. Not a whole bunch of differences between, well, I'm using this weapon or I'm using that weapon or I've got a, uh, my uh, proficiency bonus just went up or uh, all that. And I like the way that reflex is the defensive stat mm -hmm. that you go against mm -hmm. and that armor just reduces damage instead of making you impossible to hit it just I, I really like that oh yeah i love that bit and dude i'm glad somebody you know we only played one other game of this and that was backwater but i think this is the first time one of us chose a magic-y class i mm -hmm. i played a blood uh something um i just didn't really get an opportunity to use it um the way that the storm brewer is built is so cool. Um, just magic classes really aren't my thing. Um, but you did a, a fantastic job of using it to its advantage. Yeah, came yeah. in handy a couple times with the ship and the gales, and then in the end in the fighting. I did water. not see the draw water thing coming at all. It was brilliant, very clutch. Yeah. Guys, that was amazing. I had such a good time. Oh, me me too. too. I love these characters. They are so good. We'll have to visit them again. And if you want to revisit your own character in the future in the back channels or any of the backwards universes, you can see the address in the show notes or up on the screen. Make sure to go to their website and click uh, join mailing list. So you'll hear about all the things that are coming out and go to Kickstarter and find them and follow their Kickstarter so that you'll get notified when that launches, which I believe will be in August-ish. Ish. Kickstarter things, you know. Uh, I can tell you this. I'm backing it. And I'm backing it at a level high enough that... I can get a nice, I put my hands on it book. Your favorite thing to get. Uh, you love I, a PDF, but you love a physical book. I love book. having both of them. You got to have both. Because if I'm just trying to study up and uh, get ready for something, I want the book in my hand. When we're, we're playing. playing, I got the PDF pull up so you can do that quick search feature. Yeah. I just got to have both. With hotkeys. Oh, yeah. And another thing you could do, you could hit subscribe to us, and that way the next time we play it, you'll get alerted, and you can come watch us keep playing as these cool characters right. and in this cool world. See, you can do all the things, to know all the things all the time and be really smart people. That's right. Draw water out of that subscribe button. And <laughs> Stab a torch in its face for the like. <laughs> That's right. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. You probably have to cut a bunch of that out, so we ought to have the sign-off. I've been Steve, that's been Emily, that's always John. Hannah is great to have around. We are percentile vibes. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. Bye.